the blast from our past network. Hey there, I'm Catherine Mary Stewart, and you are listening to Podcasting After Dark with Zach and Corey. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, L.A. Bounty, starring Sybil Danning, Wings Hauser, and Henry Darrow. Welcome to another, whoo, daddy. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to jump right in and say, you know, the last episode we had of Pad was Hard Target, and that was very much the Corey personification. Action, 90s, goodness. <laughs> this is the complete opposite, 80s. Bad hair, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Courtesy of myself, Zach. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say goodness also, because yes, this movie is chock full of bad hair and goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to try to limit the amount of words I used to introduce myself. So I'll just say me, Zach, tiny T, always as sleazy C co-host. <laughs> y'all get it. You're you're all gonna get the reference in a minute when we talk about what yeah. we're what we're talking about today. But joining me as always is my beautiful bodacious co-host, Sleazy C Corey. What's up, brother? Oh, dude. I mean, uh, you made my week. Uh, ever since we started doing this Wings Hauser tribute, uh, even though he's he's alive and everything, he's not dead. Uh, but this is our sort of our yearly tribute to him. And uh, as soon as you announced it, I was hoping that we would get L.A. Bounty uh, on on the show. And it started honestly, it was started as a joke, and then I just like leaned into <laughs> it. It's mostly because like. Right around the time when you announced we were doing all these Wings things, uh, this came out on Blu-ray. I saw the cover. I was like, oh, this fucking movie. Like, I remember this cover. It's an awesome-looking cover uh, design with her standing in the background and stuff. But uh, but I'll say, then I was like, oh, Zach, we got to do this movie. It's L.A. Bounty. It's Wings Houser. And you're like, what? Okay. You know, and I just <laughs> I leaned into it. Um, but... I will say, I'm fairly certain I've never seen this film, but it falls in the same category as Vice Squad, uh, meaning that I didn't do any research prior to watching it, and uh, I thought Wings was a good guy in it, again, <laughs> on the cover, just like with Vice Squad. So, yeah, it's weird. I'm, I guess I'm not used to seeing the villain in such a heroic shot on the covers of these movies. Well, uh, once again, the 80s providing us with an amazing cover art that has really in many ways nothing to do with the actual movie itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- yeah, yeah. This, of course, we are, we, are tonight, we are today talking about the 1989 Action Fest L.A. Bounty. We'll get into the nitty-gritty dirt band in just a minute, but it is once again a... Um, homage to one of s- quickly becoming one of my favorite actors of all time, Wings Hauser, in the in the last uh, last couple of years. For those that don't know, I think it was about a year ago uh, via Twitter, somebody announced that Wings Hauser had died, and it got picked up by a lot of 
reputable places. And then TMZ had to report uh, Wings' wife. Uh, I, I Her name escapes me. She went on or she emailed TMZ or some you know, entertainment site and said, no, he's very much alive. He's just not really (laughs) doing much anymore uh, as far as movies are concerned. So it really got me thinking that, you know what, this is a guy who's done uh, an insane amount of movies. His filmography is, I think he's got over, you know, close to 140, 150 titles that he's made. And I thought, you know, let's champion this guy. Especially so since pick- of those 100-plus uh, movies, I'd say like 85 to 90% of them would be considered, quote-unquote, cult movies, cult classics, you know? Absolutely, and I use and I take the—my definition of cult movie is something that has a really strong following, uh, semi-underground, so to speak. Not, every, not everybody knows about it, but they maybe have heard of it in some d- degree. Um, but yeah, I—, I, I I strategically chose certain Wings movies to showcase what I considered some of his better performances. Yeah. Uh, there might be one or two because we're not done with Wings. <laughs> no, we're not. We have I, a few I do more. Know. <laughs> we have a there few might be more. one or two that you go, whoo, that was not his best performance. But you know what? Tonight is not that case, no, I no. must say, in my opinion. <laughs> Tonight is, uh, oh, man, he's making some choices. He's chewing on some rat tails. It is a wild <laughs> ride. And and you're right. Like So far, we've seen Mutant, uh, where he kind of plays the, the good guy, the protagonist, even though he was a little bit of an a-hole in it. Um, but he was still the, the protagonist. And then in Vice Squad, he was an absolute fucking maniac uh, of, of an antagonist. And <laughs> totally. here, he's like... Like he's, I don't want to say it's like a, a subdued version of Vice Squad's uh, Ramrod. It, I, it's a different version. He's playing a different kind of crazy character, and I love it. He, it's it's f- so much fun. The stuff that he's doing with Kavanaugh in in this movie, and a lot of it, I think, is like him making choices based on cocaine. Not him, maybe him doing cocaine, but him being like, well. This character does a lot of cocaine. What would he do right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I have a feeling the cocaine they used as quote-unquote props in this film might have been quote-unquote real, um, <laughs> quote-unquote. But but going back to your poster uh, comment, yeah, the, the cover of this poster has Sybil Danning, the, the star of the film, in a very uh, badass pose. And then, of course— wings is looking equally badass so you think oh he must be the partner he must be the other he must be the cop and she's the you know bounty hunter that is literally (laughs) what i always thought that this movie was about i assumed she was the bounty hunter um but i assumed that he was like a cop that was helping her caught up in the whole craziness uh because again um, you're not really used to seeing the main bad guy on the cover i guess unless said main bad guy is wings and then he deserves to be on the cover well, I'm really fascinated, and I want to do a little. We'll we'll we'll, we'll reserve it for a um, uh, inner um, for a wrap up after dark episode. But yeah. I want to do a little research as to why he was as popular as he was to be on the cover of so many VHS tapes back in the day. We're gonna have to do a, a, a collage on because um, you know I love my collages. We'll have to do a collage on Pat of every single one of his movie titles where he's on the cover of the movie title because in the 80s, he was on almost every every single movie he was in, he pretty much was on the front of that poster. 
Yeah, I know, I know. And I always, like, the first thing that comes to mind in my mind when I hear the name Wingshauser, I think of the Carpenter. And because he looks maniacal on that cover. Um, but yeah, dude, that's another example. But, but I'm just like thinking of like uh, Tom Selleck and what was it, Runaway? Uh, you yep. don't see the villain on the cover of that. Of that you don't see you know. Gene Simmons yeah, on there. And, and that's no. Gene fucking Simmons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would think yeah. that that would have been a selling point. But for some reason, Wingshauser pops up on all the covers. Now, the Vice Squad was, um, uh, that was like a newer one. That was like a, a Shot Factory cover that they did. He's not technically on the original cover. or He is, part but of it's, his it's face. yeah, it's yeah. part of his face. But that one actually is a little bit more maniacal. But if you look at the Shot Factory version, he's dead center. And I was like, oh, is he just an undercover cop? And again, go back and listen to our Vice Squad uh, right. uh, episode. But yeah, he's not. But yeah, Wings is... Wild Wings is having a great time in this movie, and it's in just like Mutant, just like Vice Squad. He is a absolute joy to watch on screen. Yeah, I I know you said you have no uh, familiarity with this film. However, you kept bringing it up, and I'm like, oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> so Ronan, was it Ronan Flicks? I believe is the name of the, the Blu-ray company, the boutique Blu-ray company. They put out a uh, kind of a not a bare bones disc, but a disc with a bunch of random trailers of movies, by the way, that yeah. are really great. Uh, it's worth watching if you haven't watched the trailers yet because you're like, <laughs> "What? okay, where's the L.A. Bounty one? Nope. Is this one going to be the L.A. Bounty? Nope. Is this going to be? Nope. Is this? Nope. Is you're this? like, I want to nope. watch all these movies, but I also want to see the L.A. Bounty trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, they put out a really uh, good looking disc and uh, for a movie that probably would have been forgotten otherwise. And uh, I applaud them for doing that. And you had kept you kept bringing it up. So I kind of uh, they had had kind of a sale and I jump started on it. And, I, and I'm like, OK, I'm accelerating this one and putting it out there because we got to get the L.A. bounty um, <laughs> because it's got everything we want in a movie. We'll obviously talk about that in a moment. But my connection to this movie was um, I saw it in bits and pieces on Cinemax back in the day, early morning, uh, me being, you know, pre teen on the cusp of uh, puberty and had a big crush on Sybil Danning and thought, oh, this is Sybil Danning movie. But you know what you know what you're gonna get with a Sybil Danning movie, <laughs> wink wink, nod nod, know what I mean? And no, not really. Uh, well not from her, but other people, her. but but not from her. <laughs> yeah, and from the others you're like, well, yeah, put yeah. your clothes back on, please. <laughs> Anyways, um yeah, I have a so, lot of things to say for the girl with the bleach blonde hair and, I, oh and bleach boy. blonde eyebrows, too. <laughs> yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to all that in a whole lot more. Um, but yeah, my connection with L.A. Bounty, I saw it in bits and pieces. I never saw the whole thing. So for me, being able to sit down with this movie, which I watched a couple times, thankfully, uh, it was so nice to kind of watch the whole thing from beginning to end and, and really appreciate uh, appreciate it for what it was, what it is. I love doing this show with you because we're watching movies that A, would have been forgotten back in the day. B, with the lens we use now, we're, we're, we're enjoying it so much more because we have such an appreciation for just the, the, the sheer uh, fact that it got made, you know? 
And, and so I feel like Quentin Tarantino would be a big fan of this movie. I'm sure somehow deep down he's probably got to be a fan, right? He's, yeah, he's got to be. And uh, maybe Luke Besson because I was like, she sits in her chair and sleeps just like uh, Leon from The Professional does too. So Good I was point. like, hmm, interesting. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, and honestly, man, Sybil Danning is a fucking badass in this movie. And it's not exploitative of her at all. She This is the probably the most clothed that you would ever like see her in in any movie it's wild but she's awesome in it you're absolutely right and i would also dare it to say as bad as her hair looks she's still sexy and she comes across in this way of like maybe a forgotten female badass you know quite often people are like oh who are the badasses of the 80s you say oh it's got to be you know Sigourney Weaver yeah yeah right and 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 she's uh, Linda Hamilton and and uh, maybe uh, Brigitte Nielsen in Red Sonia is, is another one, you know, but or, or uh, Grace Grace Jones or yeah. something. But why not Sybil Danning? I no. mean, shit, she's sexy and kicks ass. No, they were really Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah, Cynthia. Yeah, she, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Rothrock probably comes to mind beforehand. But dude, you can tell they were really trying to make her an action star in this movie, um, and not just like a a sexy action star. But they were trying to compete with like Arnold and stuff. They wanted her just to just to be a female badass, and I yep. applaud them for that. And I hope that this movie gets some kind of recognition of what we're talking about, where this she should be in the 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 pantheon of 80s female ass kickers and this this movie kicks ass and she kicks ass in it uh and i had a again this is my first time watching it and the first time i did watch it i was uh, sort of live texting uh zach <laughs> vince mcmahon i love that i <laughs> like of reactions and stuff especially the uh the box uh scene later that, that we'll get to um <laughs> i was like no dude don't be a moron but uh, i was completely engaged um i do think that, you know, 13, 14-year-old Corey would have thought this was stupid and made fun of because made fun right. of it because it it has a lot of plot holes in it and it totally. has like there on its surface there are some problems with it. Um but it has something there. There's an X factor to it and I think the X factor is the creative team uh story by Sybil Danning by the way uh I think yep. the I think the X factor to this film is the creative team really tried to make her character of Ruger like an actual legit female badass but not rely on anything about sexiness like they wanted her to compete completely with the the guys of this genre and uh it's probably just the the budget maybe just didn't make it out there but I think they succeeded getting it on film uh, uh whether the reception was that big you know i think we're, we we know this kind of like is a bit obscure and, and you know not too many people saw it but i think they established it i think they nailed it um i think this there could have been a great sequel to this film i would have liked to have actually seen more of her in it um i think the problem is probably just a lot of people didn't see it is all yeah i think this definitely had the potential uh to be way more than it was it just wasn't and for, for many of the things you already said, and also the fact that, you know, it, 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 I don't think that people were ready for something like this. Yeah. Uh, I think they would be now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, dare I say, her hair rivals uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter's hair <laughs> in its crispiness. Because, like, we, we, we wouldn't have had uh, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron, uh, I think, without this. Nope. You know, I do think that this has something that people, I guarantee you the people who made, you know, Atomic Blonde, they know this movie. They've probably seen it before. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Sybil Danny was a badass in it, you know? Yeah, I really think, um, you know, I didn't choose this film for that reason, but I really think that this movie uh, can be used as a reference point for many of the action movies that we talk about now as, as like a strong female lead. And so, yeah, give Sybil some serious props for, uh, first of all, she came up with the story and she wrote the original script. I know that. Uh, and then Michael Layton kind of tweaked it and shortened it up because I think her original story was a lot longer. Um, so Michael Layton, I don't want to say forgettable, but more of a produ- known as a producer of like B movies like Pale Blood, which also stars Wings Hauser, by the way. Mm. Um, but we may not get to that one. A vampire film, I believe. And yeah, so the fact that she, I'm going to give her more credit because the, the other guy's dead he died in 2011 rest in peace so we'll give uh sybil all that credit yeah uh it's directed by worth keeter worth keeter did a ton of mighty morphin power rangers i guess silk stockings um <laughs> snapdragon Snap dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know we that not... cover 1993 we know that cover uh because you know why we know that cover it's 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 because uh stephen bauer yes <clears> and, of, co- of and, course and matt mccoy <laughs> yes of course <laughs> and chelsea field oh and, and, and pamela anderson That's sorry i forgot about her uh anyways yeah he directed this film uh but let's get to the cast obviously sybil danning is the star sybil danning we all know who she is and all that she's done and don't don't give me this Known for Halloween 2007, Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, no. no, 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 no. Who no, the, no I don't no. even remember who she was in that movie, and I've seen it. No, no. We, we all know her for, like, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars and, you know, Hercules. The real shit. The real yeah. shit. Not fucking was Halloween she in 2007. Huh? <laughs> was she in Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Or no, no, she was in one in, of those movies. She was in one of them. She wasn't in Hard Ticket. It was uh, another Picasso book Trigger. Uh, yeah, she's. I think she was in uh, Malibu Express. <laughs> oh, Malibu Express, not Picasso Trigger. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no or, or Savage Beach, all the other ones. Yes, yes. Uh, she was actually in a. Uh, if you want to get to what many of our listeners are thinking about, uh, rent or watch Playing with Fire. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, what about uh, what about Panther Squad? I've, I've seen shots of that. But sure. the funny thing is, actually, I mean, as, as much as we all know and love that iconic outfit in Halloween 2, uh, V, man. I always remember her from V. V? Yeah. Howling 2, obviously, yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's definitely one that I'm sure our, our boy David Irons appreciates. Of course. For sure. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> but then, of course, we get the wings. We all know wings. Yep. We don't need to run down wings. We got wings. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go down what IMDb describes as, like, the next build actor, even though he's got one small scene in this movie. And caused but, immense amount of confusion for co-host, co-host Corey to try to figure out who the fuck he was in the movie. Yeah, because I'm like, wait a minute. That's Maxwell? I thought the other guy was Maxwell. Anyways. Um, Blackie Dammit. Yeah, his name's Blackie Dammit. Uh, he plays James Maxwell, which is confusing to me too, because I actually wrote down Maxwell a couple times. I may, <laughs> there may be a little bit of 
back and forth confusion with Corey and I on who he actually is in this movie, but he does have like a a two minute role in yeah. this film. And, and, yeah, um, and I don't know why he's billed as number three, but yeah, I, I kept getting him confused with Van Quattro, who is the, the, the old blue eyes, uh, the, the, the most beautiful blue eye villain, uh, second in command that, you know, gets yes. killed halfway through the movie. Um, but then he's listed as, uh, Van Quattro is listed as Michael's except, uh, Wingshauser Kavanaugh calls him J- Jack, and then yeah, yeah, and and then Jack Jackman is what the the subtitles list him as. It was guys. There was a whole layer to this film that I couldn't figure out. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was like a, a script issue. Maybe they're going off the original script, yeah. and who knows if there was name changes in it. But yeah, um, but but really quick, Blackie Dammit. which is an amazing name. If you look at his IMDb photo, he's like shirtless and it looks like it's probably from 30 years ago, which it probably is. Uh, The only movie that I recognized him from where I went, oh yeah, he was a drug dealer in Lethal Weapon. The first, the first, when, uh, when Mel Gibson is buying his cocaine at the, at the, at the, uh, the tree, Christmas tree lot, right? Yeah. 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 But I just really quick want to read his bio. It's really short. Um, he was married to Peggy. This is his IMDb bio, yeah, guys. Yeah. So the IMDb bio, for those that don't know, it's supposed to sell you as an actor. If you look at my bio, it sells me as an actor. It doesn't I don't talk about <laughs> growing up in Detroit, Michigan uh, as a latchkey kid. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> Blackie Dammit. He was married to Peggy, real name Margaret. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> and they divorced when their son Anthony was young. Oh, that's also good to know. Blackie has two children. Anthony, who was born in 1962, and James, who was born in 1991. He lived in Los Angeles for many years, and whilst living there, he changed his name from John Kiedis to Blackie Dammit. He raised wolves and wolf hybrids in Michigan in the 1990s. In 2007, he moved to Portland, Oregon. <laughs> so... Christ. <laughs> is this an obituary? Yeah, well, well, it actually is because unfortunately he passed away this year in 2021. Oh, oh no! Uh, j- just like Henry Darrow. Henry Darrow, he passed away in 2021 as well. And, no! Yeah, dude. And, and Frank Doubleday, who played uh, Rand. No. Oh, that's right. And he, who, who oh. was also in uh, um, uh, Escape from New York, um, yeah. yes. Frank Doubleday, uh, he, he passed away in 2018 too. So we've literally lost like a third of the, the main cast in this movie. Okay. So we'll no, no offense to Blackie Dammit's family because I – because I love his bio. I think it's very entertaining. It's really a shame that he died this year. What a bummer. And, yeah. and Henry Darrow. Yeah, Henry Darrow is like the third in third bill. He should be the third bill. He should be the third bill. Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Rosario, actually. And they have him listed as Lieutenant Chandler. He's never referred to as Chandler. Yeah. Ever. Dude, <laughs> it, this is so weird. Ever. And, and it's so weird because if you go to the Wikipedia page, there is no information on this movie. If you, the only thing on IMDb under like, you know, factoids trivia is that Sybil Danning's character says 31 words in this entire movie. Not lines. Words. <laughs> yeah, words. Not lines. Words. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. That's the only information that you can easily find on this film. Guaranteed there's people out there who have probably written some articles on it, but honestly, I did a Google search. There's not much out there on L.A. Bounty. Wow. Well, 
Oh, that's a shame. Well, Henry Darrow, I'm, I'm just going to read this, his opening paragraph of his IMDb. In the late 1960s, Henry Darrow was the, capitalized, ultimate Latin heartthrob on television with a smooth <laughs> and ingratiating style and a killer smile that brightened up the small screen. So uh, <laughs> I, I that explains the way he plays his part in this movie because he has moments where you're like, is this guy trying to be sexy right now? Because he is for me is he is he trying to hit on uh johnny rico's mom from starship troopers johnny rico's mom holy shit okay anyway yeah yeah, yeah dude that's uh, right that's where i know kelly from <laughs> so i mean henry darrow is a legendary actor he died at 87 so he lived a very long life very legendary actor uh, I'm not going to go down his IMDb. Yes, Frank Doubleday plays Rand, very pivotal character in this movie. Frank Doubleday, like you said, like Corey said, was from Escape from New York. You know, uh, uh, he, he played Romero, the the guy with the crazy hair and the the sharp teeth and everything. Yeah, he's the one that when Lee Van Cleef goes down to try to get the president originally, and he's like, uh, you know, you fly in, he dies. You do anything, he dies. You got 24 hours. <laughs> that that character is so yeah. great he's so, so good great. yeah he's awesome yeah he plays rand in this very small role uh robert hanley who looks like he sh- sells uh insurance he does uh, <laughs> no offense but he plays mike mike uh mike rhodes and uh he's was on hunter he was on <clears throat> he was on hunter a, a tv show that we've talked about bringing to tv obscura at some point yes <laughs> and it'll it. be my pick because i love that show as kids. i by, love that shit too <laughs> dude you better jumpstart that boy, boy i know i know but by the way dude fred dreyer has a huge fucking head man it's massive oh, on that show <laughs> i thought you're gonna say something else um yeah and then uh lenore kasdorf plays kelly rhodes and she i know her from missing in action but mm. Corey already alluded he she played mrs johnny rico right? yeah rico's mom, mom not, not much you know she gets blown up obviously by the <laughs> asteroid and everything kicking off the war but yeah because i was looking at her i was like man why does she look so familiar to me when i when i'm watching it and uh and then yeah when i read that on imdb and i'm like oh there it is there it is and of course she, she had like literally you know one minute screen time in starship troopers of course but yeah. really like great eighties actor. I've seen her a yeah. bunch of times mm-hmm. <clears throat> in various things. Um, Bob Miner plays Martin. I love this dude. Uh, yes. I remember him from Commando as Jackson. Oh, who? Because I saw that, and it's been so long. Commando is one of the, those one of those movies like Hard Target that we're gonna do on the show. We're kind of just hoping that a good version is gonna come out. So I guess if I just buy it, it, it a good version will come out. Um, but. Commando is one of those movies that I watched a million times as a kid, but haven't seen it probably in 25 years. Oh. Was he a good guy or bad? Was he the guy who broke the neck? No, it wasn't the guy who broke the neck on the, the plane, no. right? No. No. I forget that guy's name, but no. he. I I feel like he's a bad guy because uh, okay. he typically does play a bad guy. Yeah. Big, imposing bodybuilder dude. Uh, does a lot of stunt work. Actually did stunt work on Escape from New York. And, and dude... I'm going to call it out when we get there at the end, but the stunt that he does is fan-fucking-tastic and infinitely just... It should have been in a big-budget movie as how good it was pulled off uh, by him. Um, but I'm with you, dude. I loved Martin, the the character, you know, and the actor's awesome, too. But in the movie, I fucking loved Martin. I thought it was fucking awesome. Me, too. I think he had one of the stronger villain roles yep. in the in the movie. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, Van Quattro, which is a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. He plays Michaels or uh, Jackman. He plays uh, a- A.K.A. Jackman, A.K.A. Jack, A.K.A. Old Blue Eyes. He's just like <laughs> yeah, because he looks like he looks a little like Frank Sinatra. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he's been in a. I mean, he's been in Fight Club, End of Days, uh, One Night in McCool. One night in McCool's. Anyways, uh, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and really teeny tiny role, but Branscombe Richmond, which yep. is a, yeah, uh, which of course we know him from. Uh, I, I mean, I know him from Renegade. Yeah. Uh, that's mostly what I know him from. But he plays a small villainous role in this uh, Willis, and uh, I mean the, the, this that pretty much rounds out the the the, the important. <laughs> <laughs> characters in this movie uh we'll bring up other people along the way yeah but that's the cast of la bounty and so before we get into la bounty and i just really want to say that it's that i brought uh, like i said i brought this movie up because i know Corey had been wanting to watch it and uh oh boy oh boy i cannot wait to dig deep mm-hmm. into the silent but deadly L.A. Bounty. <laughs> yeah, and Zach and I talked uh, offline before we started recording. We're, we're wondering if this will be one of our shortest episodes because, li- like we said, uh, Sybil Danning has all of 31 words this entire movie, and the runtime is a smooth hour and 25 minutes. So it, yeah. it does not overstay its welcome at all, and we shall see if this is one of our shorter episodes. Not intentionally. We will put everything out there that we can put out there, but... Yeah, we'll see. Dare I say, uh, very well done on their part. Mm-hmm. Trimmed all the fat off it. Yep, yep. But there's still some fat they could have probably trimmed off too. <laughs> and it starts like that in the beginning of the movie. So. If they trim any more fat, they won't have a movie anymore. They'll just have a TV show. They'll have a pilot. <laughs> I ordered a steak. You gave me a piece of salami. What the fuck? Anyways, without further ado, let's hit L.A. Bounty. Sybil Danning is Ruger. her hands full of creeps, cops, and human cockroaches. She's a bounty hunter in the world's wildest city. Her guns, drugs, and art. That's entertainment. Go hand in hand. Bounty. Want to know how she got so close to me, you understand? Get out! As a painter, Kavanaugh is filled with inspiration. Oh, the magic, the magic, hmm? As a smuggler, he's first rate. Nice. I'd never cheat you, and I believe you know that. As a killer, he's in a class by himself. One of these is loaded, and one of these guns is... How about the right? What are we going to do? My friend, you are going to waste her. Ruger. Sybil Danning. 
Wings Hauser are facing off in L.A. Bounty. Now, the hunt is on. L.A. Bounty opens up with a very generic title card. Uh, very cool font. Yeah, uh, especially when it, it fades into like that teal teal color with the black background. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this L.A. Bounty font right here. Yeah, I mean, this movie, like I said, this movie came out in 1989. It, it's it's on the cusp of the real direct-to-video stuff. Mm-hmm. Direct-to-video really hit hard in the 90s. I yeah. think more so in the 90s than it did in the 80s. 80s was still getting theatrical releases for some of these movies. I very much doubt that this movie had a theatrical release other than a test screening at the Beverly or who knows. Um, anyways, yeah, title card opens. Uh, we open with a shot of downtown Los Angeles, the, the the Marriott, the Marriott, which is still there to this day, I believe. Yeah, is it, that's not the one that's um, up on the hill by Universal Studios, is it? That looked like no, that no, one no. To me. I think this is downtown LA, oh, okay. over by like City Hall area. Oh, okay, there's gotcha. some really cool LA shots, and you know. Guys, we love our 80s L.A. This yeah. very much has that. Yeah, no, I, I, I have a, quite a few uh, notes here where it's just an awesome shot of L.A., you know? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. We, we love our hell time yeah. capsule stuff. We totally do. Um, yeah, so you see a limo leaving this hotel, and there's kind of a news reporter uh, talking over the, the limo taking off, uh, talking about, you know, Mike Rhodes, uh, the Law & Order candidate. He's leaving the hotel from his successful fundraiser and it cuts to a shot of what appears to be Mike Rhodes in the car with his wife, Kelly, and they're watching the news from the limousine, like the, the, the reporter talking and Mike's got a big old lipstick mark on his face. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so cheese ball, but it actually is, it kind of works for me. Yeah, me too. It works. Because at first I was like, oh, I'm going to note this. And then I was like, I'm not because I like it. And I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of it. Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you got like a big red lipstick mark on your face? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Good for you, Mike. Go, go rock that big lipstick mark. Rock that. Mike looks over at Kelly. He's like, so what would you think? And she's like, oh, I thought you were wonderful. And they start making out. And in any other movie, they would have cut to a like seven minute long sex scene, probably in the 90s, you yeah. know? Uh, but they didn't. They start making out, and there's shots of Hollywood as they're driving by, like downtown Hollywood. I think they even showed uh, R- Ruffalo's, which is a great Italian restaurant in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they're popping open champagne, and they're getting all happy and still making out. And, uh, you know, they make a toast, and she's like, to Mike Rhodes, the next mayor of L.A. And she starts kissing him to make out, and the, the limousine driver's watching them. <laughs> Pee-pee and, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom with his googly eyes. And... Uh, and then suddenly she like Mike rolls up the uh, that that kind of peep window, yeah. you know, that 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 the limousine driver can see and they go back to making out. Then you see the limo pull into the Bel Air Estates, which I'm very familiar with. And they, they're continuing to make out. They, he pulls into their house, which to me looked like O.J.'s mansion, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I'm like. Actually, maybe that was O.J.'s mansion. It's conceivable. It's totally it's a possibility. Very much so. Anyways, they get out of the car. Uh, they get in the house, and they're still making out. <laughs> like, I wrote down, time to bone. <laughs> and by the so, way, when she gets in, in her sexy lingerie, Kelly's looking milfy hot in this. Yeah. Yeah, really, really attractive. I, I, again, I think 
what I appreciate about that specifically is seeing like not your typical like plastic woman and yeah. very much a normal like beautiful older woman yeah. like middle aged and, and and it didn't feel like they were just getting her into lingerie just to get her in the lot it felt organic for the story and it they didn't do like any like close up shots of her breasts or anything like that like it was just like okay she's in her lingerie that that's hot and all but we're not going to you know shoot the camera in or up close or anything like that it's they they seem to have done it very tastefully uh but yeah, still yeah. but that's what also makes it more sexy you know totally i I know where we're going with this. This is like leading into us eventually doing softcore stuff, but nah, ain't <laughs> no, gonna happen, we're not. guys. We're not. Ain't we're gonna not. happen. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they start making out and they're getting hot and heavy in the bedroom. And these dudes just like kick the door open, these masked um, guys with guns. She starts screaming. They start beating the crap out of Mike. Um, she like defends herself too. And he's. Which is actually pretty cool. She's like trying to kick some ass, but they knock her off. Yeah, which also re- which removes the mask from uh, from old Blue Eyes, unfortunately. Yes, pulls the mask off. Jackman, we're we'll just call him Jackman. Yeah, and um, Mike's like, "Who are you guys?" You know, and then they, they beat him down, and and then Kelly, after she gets knocked off, uh, she runs out of the room, and one of the guys yells out, and he's like, "Waste the bitch!" And they start shooting at her. And she runs, like, into the, the bathroom from their bedroom. And she hides in a closet. I think, like, the bathroom closet or something. It's like a mansion, guys. So yeah, you, you get the point. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, they try to go looking for her. They, they go after her, like, stalking her. But then what happens but Ruger shows up. Ruger, who is Sybil Danning. She kicks the... And I didn't mention that in the intro, by the way. Uh, she plays Ruger. And Wingshauser plays Kavanaugh. So that's going to come back. Yeah. Quite a bit. She Ruger kicks... Uh, she's standing in the hallway with this great shotgun. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to my point where I think they really wanted to make her a contender for for you know Cobra, all these movies. Uh, they even gave her like a gun, a gun that's like specifically hers. You can see it on the the front cover of the the poster. It looks fantastic. It's like a modified shotgun with like a you can hold it like a stock that has like a handle on it or something. Um, I love it. I think it's really freaking cool and. Dude, when she blasts this guy, dude, I love that they have so many squibs. And you and I have seen like shotguns in movies where the, the, the people are dumb and they make it like a bullet squib. And it's like, no, it's a shotgun here. Dude, they literally light this dude's chest up and then they it fucking blow out his back too. Like they know <laughs> the damage that like shotguns do. And one of the best things about this movie is that the squibs are awesome. They're not, you know, they're not Verhoeven squibs. Verhoeven has the best squibs in the biz, but uh, they're, pretty they're pretty damn close. good. Yeah. They're pretty close. Uh, what happens in the third act to one of the main characters in his arm? I'm like, whoa, that was yeah. that's very violent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're not kidding. That she 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 takes out these dudes, and uh, yeah, this movie has no shortage of weapons and um and 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 people getting blasted to oblivion. And nice comparison to Cobra, by the way, because there is kind of a Cobra vibe to her coolness mm-hmm. about her. Uh, yeah. So she takes out two of the um. Of, of the of like the the, the four uh, henchmen that kidnap Mike Rhodes, and once she kills those two, she checks on their bodies. She pulls a mask off. It's some random white dude, and then you hear sirens blaring, and she splits. 
cops show up almost immediately, which is a little hard to believe because I'm like, what did she just vanish? But whatever, it's neither here nor there. Well, well um, actually, I mean, you're, now that you're mentioning it, like the one of the the holes, the problems with this movie is, and I don't think it's too much of a problem because I think the movie moves along at a quick pace, but. Like, right now, like, where did she come from? They never explain that. Uh, no. There's a lot of times where she just goes somewhere and she's there and you don't really have any clue how she got the intel there. But it really doesn't fucking take anything away from the film no. because you're not watching it for that. You're watching it literally for Sybil Danning looking like a badass with that shotgun and shooting the shit out of people and sometimes blowing their fucking hands off. That's what you're watching this fucking movie for. <laughs> And let's be honest, folks, that right there is what matters. Yes. Continuity, no. not so much. No, not at all. So we're, we're not going to, I'm not even going to fucking ding this movie for, for that kind of shit because this is, that's not why you watch this film. You watch it for the no, violence. You're, you're not going to ding it for a beat up old truck sitting out front of a mansion and not right. even getting like noticed by the cops who are inside the mansion. But that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get that yeah. later. Anyways, she splits, the cops show up. Um, they, they hear like a rustling in the, in, in the closet where Kelly is, uh, the cops are like, you know, uh, pull, they announce themselves police freeze, right? They open up the, uh, the cupboard or the, 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 the closet and Kelly's in there shaking, crying. And she's like, they took Mike, they took Mike cut to the next scene, which is called Gothic imports. It's like a warehouse yeah, in downtown LA inside the, the imports, there is inside the warehouse. There is a chick on a bed, lying on the bed naked, uh, <laughs> and she she mumbles something about, uh, "You think God is bored? Why would he be so bored?" or something like that. And then you cut to Wings Hauser, Wings Kavanaugh, and he's like, "You know, God is bored. If you knew everything that was going to happen, where's the buzz in that?" And she's like, "It wouldn't bore me." And uh, she goes, I make a fortune at the track, which is that's stupid. A, God, he doesn't need the money. <laughs> no, it's stupid. And it's like so dated. Uh, and then and then Kavanaugh comes back and he's like, but God doesn't need a fortune. He needs to be entertained. That's what we're here for. It's Fred fucking Astaire time. That's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, so what, what he's doing at this moment is he's painting her. It looks like he's painting her. There's a callback to this at the end. It's very oh, yeah. important. Oh, it's that so, I it's it out. amazing. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite moments in the entire fucking movie. <laughs> Me too. Oh, my God. Oh, my Anyways. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I even said the exact... I, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I said we'll it get the it. exact same way he did at the same time the actor did. Oh, my God. <laughs> so did I. So did I. I'm like, but, that was... A... But I love everything Wings is doing right here with his yeah. coked out thoughts. And not going <laughs> to yes. lie to you, I know he's the bad guy. I know he's the coked out, you know, villain here. But I completely subscribe to everything that he's saying right here about how, like, basically, you know, we're our, our existence is to get God off with our, you know, basically entertain him. And then th- thus in turn, you know, we get off by him. It's I loved everything that he was, like, coked out talking about oh totally so so the 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 way they even the director has set it up already that he's coked out just by the way they they um they have the camera angle pointed yeah it's like an obscure shot Mm -hmm. and uh you know and so she's this chick is on the bed and 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 she's like partially naked and she's just kind of a ditzy you know model type and she's like what are you talking about he's like wait hold your head up he's just giving her directions while he's going off about god and then i wrote all this down because 
his whole rant is really important. He's like, God fixed it, so he never knows what we're going to do. We play our little games, and if we do it right, we keep him amused. You turn him on, he turns us on. <laughs> and then they cut back to his face, and she's like laying there looking at him. He's got this funny little clip-on earring yeah. thing on the side of his ear. He's got a little earring dangly. It dangles, like it, it, it clips to, and then it dangles. But then he also has a rat tail that he likes to chew on when he's painting, which that's gross. That's, I'll yeah, like, he's no, got no, like no, a, don't do that. <laughs> he's got like an Anakin Skywalker rat tail. Yeah, he's got a Padawan tail, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And uh, and that earring, I feel like Bla- Blackie Dammit or whatever, whatever the hell that guy's name is, he was wearing that same earring in uh, Lethal Weapon. I'm going to have to <laughs> yeah, go back and check. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they swapped out. Um, anyways, yeah, he's he's like, he's like, it's symbiotic. You think God wants to spend eternity with 144,000 chosen few who are all good people? No, he wants... He wants the he wants to be with the thieves and the artists and the killers and the painters. <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah. I mean he's not wrong. He, That's it's it's that logic holds up. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with him at all. No. Um either. It is funny though how he's like thieves, artists, killers, painters. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, after that, like he, he snaps out of his uh you know manic coke fueled mania. Yeah, and he's like, okay, that's enough for now. Get out. And she's like, can I see it? And he's like, no. He no. wants to see. She wants to see the painting. He's like, no, you can't. She gets her robe back on. She splits. And uh, oh no, that's right. I wrote this down. She's like, can I see it? And he goes, in your dreams. Go get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue that. The the dudes who were in the van who had Mike pull up in the van and. Uh, Kavanaugh comes over and he's like, so how'd it go? And Michaels, Jackman, uh, he's like, well, the cops showed up and uh, we left two behind. And he's like, they get out. And he goes, I didn't wait around to see. Because at this point, Jackman is his right-hand goon. It's his main goon. Although I would push back and say he should have promoted Martin earlier on. Yeah, because Martin's there too. And Martin's looking all menacing. and, And then they go and they pull out Mike Rhodes out of the van. Face to face with Kavanaugh. And Rand is also there too. Yeah, Rand is there too. And Kavanaugh says, Mike, I, I just wanted to welcome you here. Then Mike Rhodes is like in a daze. And Kavanaugh tells him, you know, he's like, tells Martin to cook him an omelet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Go cook him an omelet. And, and the first time I was like, okay, that's a little, you know, is he being a little funny and menacing? And then once you know what the twist is, I was like, oh, okay, watching it the second time, you're like, oh, that was maybe actually. More on the nose than than being like sarcasm, you know? Yeah, totally, dude. Totally. That's a really good point. After that, Kavanaugh's looking at uh, Jackman. He says, what happened to your face? And and Michaels goes, oh, Rhodes, old lady. And then Kavanaugh says, well, did she get a good look at you? And he goes, oh, I don't think so. This comes back, too. Mm-hmm. And it's what's funny at this moment is, you're right, Rand uh, is standing there, and he's, like, trying to say something. And he's, like, starting to talk. And Kavanaugh's like, I'll see you later. And he gives him a glass and like tells him to like basically get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you look it's really funny. the The Rand character doesn't have many moments in this, in this film, but when he does, they're gold because it's just it's like silly and quirky. Yeah, and then and then tragic. Yeah, exactly. After that, we cut back to Rhodes, uh, the Rhodes home. The next day, Kelly Rhodes is, is there, and she's with two cops, Rosario who's the main lieutenant, 
and his partner Perry. P- Perry, aka me. He looked like a young me with his curly hair. I was like, what am I? I was like, what am I doing back in 1989? Holy shit, it's young Corey. I'll just call him young Corey for the whole thing until he gets wasted. Until he gets fucking heart shotted. <laughs> Jesus, another great squib, by the way. Yep. Yes, yes, it was. So Kelly is, you know, she's saying like, who are they or what? Why are they doing this? And Rosario is like, we won't know until they call. He's very sexy. See, he's very macho. And, and, and another like, like gonna... and another like sort of plot thing that I sort of that they don't explain, kind of like with yeah, at the beginning with Ruger just sort of being there is, you know, how come he is like this, you know, Latin cop working this this uh, gig? Um, you know, I don't know. It's just. Is it just fall into the the category of like you know when Jean Claude Van Damme or Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a cop? It's just like we just accept that they have an accent, and it's not to say that you know people can't have accents and and be cops, but you don't really tend to find that, you know. Well, yeah, someone with like such a thick like macho accent. Yeah, he reminds me a little of Yasu, like from uh, Sergio from from uh, yeah, <laughs> Terrorvision. Yeah. Terrorvision. So I just wish like I wish they were like, you know, maybe they were tracking this gang from like Mexico or something and he's working with the LA police as well. I I don't know. But they don't explain it either way, so that even that even could be a possibility. There is very little backstory for you to sort of go off here. So you can just sort of, you know, fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah, that's true. You know, he and he's a LA cop, so well, I don't want to speculate, but you know, he's uh, but nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, he, he's like, uh, you know, she's like, they try to kill me. And he goes, you are very brave. You, uh, what you did is going to help catch these people. You know that. <laughs> he's very charming. Well, I love when I can latch onto some sort of character for this, <laughs> for, this <laughs> for every episode. And she, she's like, Oh God. Well, well, you know, he's like, I would like you to go down to the downtown and give the police artist uh, a good description as you can, like a composite. Do you think you can do that? And she's like, Oh God, when he's like, well, tomorrow at the very, very latest, uh, Sergeant Perry will come, come for you. It's like, do it now, like, wait, woman. Are... The, the sooner the better. Do it now. <laughs> Come on, while it's fresh, right? Yeah, good lord. <clears throat> and, he, and then he and then gives some bullshit about like wanting to go down to her campaign headquarters first to maybe look for something that might jog her memory. Yeah, is, and, is this and, the dialogue? Is this the stuff you were talking about we could have trimmed? Because, yeah. Could have trimmed this. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, she's like starts crying and he goes, are you okay? Yeah. No, she's not okay. She just had a traumatic night. I was like, yeah, the, the, they literally could have cut all of this right here. Don't be such a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We're starting to make cuts, which means at the end of this, we're going to be down. It's going to be an hour long movie. (laughs) Totally. And I love this. And she's like, I just want my husband back. Mm -hmm. He goes, I know. I know. We do, too. (laughs) Like, very, like, not not, uh, emotional at all. He's like, yeah, I know. We do, too. Whatever. <laughs> and meanwhile, outside the house, like you said, in a beat-up fucking picture, uh, pickup truck, fucking uh, Ruger is sitting there smoking her fucking cigar, like little mini cig- cigarro. What are those things called? Cigarillo. Cigarellos Cigarillo. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, she looks like a fucking badass with, like, those those 80s thick black sunglasses that that almost look like the kind of glasses that when you get your eyes dilated you have to wear but they're they're a little cooler than that um she does wear the same outfit the entire movie so you got to wonder if she showers at all but uh, i know but those those jeans probably smell but at the same time (laughs) yeah i know oh god i know uh and at the same time though 
like she checks off all the boxes that I love about like cop movies and cop shows. Specifically, listen to our discussion on TV Obscura talking about Midnight Caller. Uh, I think it was the last TV Obscura episode that we did, and I talked about how much I that's the kind of cop shit that I like, and because we were yeah, yeah. referring to to Gary Cole's character, and yeah, she's doing the same thing, dude. They're they're giving her. All the same stuff that we see all these male actors do, but she's doing it, and she's doing it well. Like, it never seems like, oh, oh, it's it's Sybil Danning trying to act tough. I was like, no, no, she she is tough, and she could kick my ass. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, she she looks badass. Her hair is, and I know I keep coming back to this, her it's hair wild. is a mess. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. But at this uh, point, it's weirdly iconic, though. Yeah, it kind of works, but like, god damn, you need some relaxer in that shit. <laughs> she ain't got um, time for that. No, she ain't got time for that. But we do what we do have time for is going back to Gothic imports. Uh, cutting back to Martin's there with some other random dude, uh, like in, inside the warehouse, and they're at the truck, uh, at this truck, and they're pulling out a uh, unloading this, this crate, and uh, they open up the crate, and underneath all the packaging is cocaine cocaine a lot of cocaine and so martin's like let's let's cut into it and get it out on the street and then uh martin looks over at kavanaugh really like intensely and he's like you owe me a kilo yeah and uh and then kavanaugh's like lighten up martin come on and and he's like i'm sorry it's my fault go ahead take it you know but there's a weird exchange there because at first you're thinking like okay is kavanaugh trusting martin or is there like a weird dissension there but then kavanaugh looks at him he goes he goes i believe you know that i wouldn't cheat i wouldn't cheat you right you know that and then martin like looks at him and smiles and he goes i know i know and then he takes off yeah and well uh kavanaugh says uh stay stay by the phone or keep in touch i may need you for something later um and i loved this scene it was actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie uh because when when Kavanaugh is there. He's with this guy. I think his name like is is James or something. Um, it's another yes. guy. The guy with the the cocaine fingernail. Uh, the one that she's gonna kill in the hot tub. Jimmy. 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 Yeah. And he, he there's a a backstory with with Ruger's um with Ruger's partner getting killed by by Kavanaugh and this Jimmy guy who is like an older dude, uh, but he's got this fucking long-ass pinky nail, you know, for, for sniffing of the cocaine and everything. But yeah, I like that Martin was there. And you think at first, like, Martin's just a normal goon. Um, but yeah, he's like, you owe me a kilo because they were counting them out and stuff like that. And yeah, you kind of believe that Kavanaugh was like, dude, he was, Martin was, he was like... I didn't mean I didn't mean to do that, you know, and I, and yeah. I believe the sincerity of him when he was like, believe me, I didn't I wasn't trying to screw you. I really just fucked up. But then after Martin leaves, uh, uh, Jimmy and then Kavanaugh look to each other and Kavanaugh's like, it's it's the same old song and dance, you know, and, and you realize it's like, OK, maybe he was trying to actually keep a kilo from Martin. Um, it's just that's the song and dance. You're always trying to to get one up on somebody else. Even if you're the top dog, you're still trying to get as much as you can possibly get. And I think that what's great about it is, you know, it, it he was trying to keep that kilo. It was all a game. It is all this. This is all the game 
Um, yeah. And it's interesting. I, I really like this little scene. And and it's, it's, this is not a scene I would want cut at all as opposed to, you know, the previous one. No, in repeat viewing, you, uh, you, you, you it makes a lot more sense. Right. Watching the sex, sex, sex. Watching it the second time around for sure makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And it is a funny exchange. You're right. And this random, like the, the Jimmy character, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? But he comes back into play in a big way. Yeah. And, and he's older. So you kind of get the sense that they've been working together. Maybe he was even, you know, Kavanaugh's mentor at some point. But right now they seem very partners, you know, as yeah, opposed totally. to Martin Martin and, and old Blue Eyes being, you know, goons that Kavanaugh hired. He seems like he's some kind of a partner. Yeah. Rand feels new. Uh, and, and, and Jackman feels new and Martin feels somewhat new too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Jimmy is like kind of old standby. Yep. And then there's some other random dudes that come up later too. And you're like, that's a lot of random people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because, um, old blue, it kind of, it's kind of like, it seems like old blue eyes has his crew of, of subpar goons. And then later Martin has his, his much better, uh, group of goons. Yeah. There's like goon a and goon b yeah and weirdly the goon b team is the better team than the goon a team agreed agreed <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that we'll get that in a little bit in about five minutes because the movie's so short now. i know so from there we cut to the trailer park or what what is like a trailer in the middle of nowhere it's like griffith observatory yeah griffith exactly park. <laughs> that's probably where they shot it actually uh yeah ruger ruger's in her trailer and she's listening to a news story about uh, a millionaire in jail for cocaine and drug trafficking and, and slaying of a, an American DEA agent. And as she's listening to the TV and watching it, uh, she's looking at a wanted bounty for Timothy Cavanaugh, which is Wings Hauser's character. And right after that, like she immediately cuts to uh, looking at a photo of a cop. And then suddenly she flashes back to the said cop being tied up kind of reservoir dog style. And then you cut to Cavanaugh kind of you know obviously this is a flashback and a very uh, awesomely stylized flashback very cool yeah it looks really great the color scheme and everything and Kavanaugh's like pulling on his hair and he's like oh are you okay and then you realize Kavanaugh and Jimmy who you saw earlier are debating what to do and Jimmy just wants to waste him and Kavanaugh's like well, I want to play a game like you said everything's a game and uh I love this because they, they like do a shot of uh, Kavanaugh and he's got white Reeboks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, God, terrible taste in shoes. But he shoots the cop three times. And after he shoots him, he like all looking all crazed. He goes, ouch. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> and it's in. Yeah. It, like we said, it's stylized like where everything's black, but then there's like a real harsh light over top. Uh, so you don't really know like if they're in a warehouse or something, but you can kind of tell it's more, it's not what the actual setting was. It was probably just in her mind. And then everything has like this blue hue to it. It is so slick. Like you, I was like, wow, like I would have a flashback. You would just shown the normal scene or something, but no, they actually gave it a stylized look. And I was like, very impressed by that. Yeah, it looks really good. I was just going to say, before it cuts into the flashback, the first time I watched it, um, the, there's a news report that she's listening to, like you mentioned. Uh, second yeah. time I watched it, uh, I have the subtitles on, and it's so low, but as she's kind of fading into the sequence, it's it, you can still hear what the, the news says, and it says, in sports news, Tommy Lasorda goes on a diet. <laughs> and I was like, why are you throwing Tommy Lasorda under the bus like that? 
Well, because 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 back in the day, Lasorda got a lot of shit for just eating like a like a, he was a slob. Oh, really? He really was super. Yeah. To the point where I think it was either he was a spokesperson for Nutrislim or oh, OK, um, uh, what is what are, what are those uh, those meals? Yeah. Like Weight get, Watchers like, or something Weight like Watchers. that. Yeah. I think he was a spokesperson for Weight Watchers, okay. he, you know, where he's like, I used to be fat. I think he even said that. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda. Hey. Yeah. Rest in peace, Tommy Lasorda. I hate Tommy Lasorda. I hate Tommy Lasorda. That's from Fletch, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Lasorda. I know. I know. I you, of course, you know that. <laughs> People are like, wait, you hate on Tommy Lasorda? No, 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 no. No, no. Quoting Fletch, baby. Yes. Uh, anyways, the news program kind of, uh, kind of channels out. Or, kind of slowly fades out while while saying uh, still no news on the kidnapping of Mike Rhodes and what you cut from there you cut back to the gothic imports and uh, Jackman and Kavanaugh are watching the news that's a cool transition by the way because it goes from like you know Ruger watching it and then it's like the same shot or the same you know scene on the news and then the camera pulls back and you're actually in Kavanaugh's place I'm like that that was very well thought out transition totally well thought out and that this the the reporter the news reports are so integral to the story yeah they really are they they are kind of almost like the narrator for what's going to happen next yeah you have to pay attention to them because it it informs you what's happening the the news reports in this are not throwaways they are like you said yeah they are fully connected to the plot points, which is interesting because we're so used to the news stuff uh, being like like a post-Robocop um, scenario where the, the, the news is there to sort of flesh out the world, and that's great. And Verhoeven does it perfectly, and I think moving forward, we all love that, and people use that very well. But here, they actually use the news to deliver very, very key plot information, and if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. Very important key plot information like... <laughs> like the fact that uh, she has a description of the guy that she's doing at the uh, at the uh, right the police station. Oh, I thought you were going to say that Tommy Lasorda is losing weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the fact that Tommy Lasorda is a fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and what you said earlier too that that, that yeah that yeah. Mrs. Rhodes will be working with a police artist, right? Right. right. <laughs> and I and I love when when you find out the information because fucking Kavanaugh turns around and old Blue oh. Eyes is standing there going, uh, you know. Yeah, it's great because because Wingshauser is an imposing looking dude to begin with, yeah. right? Let's get that out of the way. He's like he looks like he's six foot four, maybe by Hollywood standards he's probably actually just six feet tall because everyone's so tiny in yeah, Hollywood, exactly. <laughs> including myself. Um, but yeah, but he turns around, yeah, he looks at old Blue Eyes and he's like, she didn't see you, huh? And and then. And then uh, Jackman's like, what are, what are we going to do? <laughs> and he goes, you are going to waste her. And and he's like, well, Jesus, she's going to have the cops all over her. And he's like, that's why God gave you the power to have an imagination. Use it. I love that. <laughs> it, it's There's this interesting theme. Uh, it ties back to his discussion at the beginning, his coked out discussion about God and how like we're here to entertain him. But he kind of like, he, he I think he even said it then. He's like, that's why you got to use your imagination. Uh, and I like it because he's also a painter. So I, yep. I'm an artist. You're an artist. So like I'm kind of really jiving with like with what he's saying. And also too, like I feel like it does, like that is something an artist would believe. You know, I mean, he's a bad guy. But like he does have artistic 
mentalities. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like his train of thought is in that direction, and I like it. I, I I related to it. Not not the evilness of him, but I liked his art factor. Yeah, I, I think they do a really good job of setting up that this guy is a deranged dude to begin with. He's menacing. They all work for him. He's got, uh, y- you know, sometimes in movies you're like, well, why is this guy the boss? Like, you get why this guy's the boss. Yeah, no question. You know, it, no question. You know, we talked about Tarantino in the beginning, uh, maybe knowing this movie. And it's maybe maybe Wingshauser has not the best reputation, he should be a guy in in a Tarantino movie yeah. to get a resurrection on his career. Yeah. You know, he should be the guy to be a villain in a movie. Cause he's he's so damn good. He's so good. And that's, it's like that's I, I really hope when we do a little more digging on his backstory, I really hope that he doesn't, you know, have a some horrible shit in his past. Cause I really like this guy so much, and I really want to see him get a resurgence. I know. Maybe we're gonna be the ones that give him the resurgence. Who knows? I I, I think we already are. Hopefully, so you know. I hope so. Good good There's old wings. A lot more wings to come. More more much more wings to come. <laughs> Unless much we found out something something horrible, and then we do a complete <laughs> pivot. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, I I think I think we would have heard about it by now. Yeah, and we're not going to pull a Severin and suddenly cancel them out. So. No, exactly. Um, nope. <clears throat> no disrespect to Severin, who we we dig. We but, do love, know, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, I do not respect cancel culture. So yeah, neither do I. Anyways, from there we cut to uh, the Rhodes house. Kelly is leaving the Rhodes. <laughs> I'm going to call it OJ's house. It looks like OJ's <laughs> yeah, house, yeah, dude. dude. Go for it, man. Uh, it is. When- <laughs> Kelly's leaving OJ's house and uh, uh, escorted by young Corey and they're getting in a, uh, in a, in a police car and they drive off Ruger who's sitting outside uh, on the street. Remember, this is a gated community Bel Air and she's sitting in this beat up badass truck, but very much beat up and rusty looking. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's a big truck. Like it's, it's really, it's not at all. It's not. Wait, it's not inconspicuous. It's very no. conspicuous. No, it is. It is. It is. Um, it is like it's like a ramrod's truck that it was is. sitting in the bottom of a lake for six years. Like yeah. it's all rusted out, you know. But it is. Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like ramrod's truck where it's like a like a Bronco or something, but it's got like big ass tires on it. And, uh, and you know, they're in the hills, and there's some cool shots of them going down the hills. Uh, I love when, <laughs> when I was a Lyft driver, dude. Um, man, like. It looks cool and all, but when you actually have to drive up in those Hollywood Hills, they're all there's the roads are so small. Like if someone's coming down, a lot of times it's one ways and everything. Yeah. Um, but like, dude, I would never in my life want to live up in the Hollywood Hills. You get no cell phone reception. Uh, if there's one like garbage truck, you can you can't get past them. You yeah. know, it's crazy. You know who lives up in Hollywood Hills? People that don't need to leave their homes, pretty much. Eh, that's true. Good point. So. Very good point. <laughs> like OJ. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, so yeah, she's tailing the, the cop car, and she utters her first line. She finally says, damn it. I, I wrote that. I, I say, I, I wrote down, she says, damn it, which when she loses them, and I said, one out of 31 lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check. So the yeah, first she line. <laughs> she kind of loses them because this blue car gets in the way, and uh, that that you don't it doesn't it, really it, it's that doesn't really turn into anything. You know what I mean? Like she loses them for literally like two seconds. Yeah, and then she's back on their tail again. Yeah, and and you don't uh, really know how she knows, like how you didn't even see them again. The one thing that they really the the quote unquote the pothole thing in this movie is. 
They have no problem just putting people where they need them. And I'm going to call it out, especially at the end with the inspector. Like, how the fuck did he know where Gotham was? Like, they just, there's like, you know what? We need these characters to be here. We're not going to figure out how. We're just going to put them there. Well, I just figured out something as we're talking right now. We know later on her backstory of who she really is. Right. And she was listening to the news that talked about her going down to the police station to do a Ah, composite. Good point. And that's where they're headed. So they're... There you go. Yeah. That, hey, you know what? No, bit. no pothole there. Then good. I'll, okay. I'll, that's one. We sealed. We spackled one up real nice. Let's see if we really can spackle nice, up but some you can more. Still see the spot on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. There. Yeah. Still see it right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just enough to get the deposit back. Yeah. There um, you go. That's, yeah. that's all you ever want. <laughs> good enough for government work. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Kelly and 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 little uh, young Corey are yep. pulling into the garage of police station. And the blue car that cut her off uh, is also pulling in. But as it pulls into the police station, a random dude jumps out of the car and takes off. And you're like, where the fuck's that guy going? Yeah, well, he'll, uh, he'll come it, back. But, yeah, it's interesting. He will. It is kind of funny, though. It, it, yeah, he does come back. Right. And uh, and suddenly the blue car pulls right up next to uh, young Corey and Kelly. And it's that Branscombe Will, uh, Branscombe Will, the guy from Renegade. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, Willis, he shoots uh, Perry, blasts him. Fucking, fucking blasts him right in the chest. Huge fucking squib explodes out of him. It's it's, it's really uh, uh, intense and shocking, but I do like how young Corey tried to protect Kelly. I was like, yeah, dude, he, he kind of like covered her sort of thing. Yeah, he shielded her, and what I love about the scene is, yeah, he gets blasted. He's now dead. Like, the instantly dead. Like, he, he doesn't even—there's no, like, nothing. Like, he's dead instantly. Yeah, instantly dead. And when when he goes down, the car crashes, and it's such a loud crash— it sounds really violent yeah, to me. Yeah. I and thought it was. And she's all like out of it and everything. And by the way, um, you know, and we're, I'm just saying it now because I'm talking about how she's like out of it. She is not a weak, um, you know, like like victim this this movie. I actually really like the Kelly character, I, you know, and she's in a situation that I don't think she would ever want to be in. But honestly, I think if during the course of this entire film, she rose to, to the challenge, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. She definitely does. And we don't really know her backstory all that much. No. Uh, Other than she's, get, she's a model or was. Yeah, former former yeah. model, right? Uh, for, <laughs> and, and a former rich model. And again, that's something uh, – every, like every piece of information they do give you in this movie is important. I will say that. They they may sometimes have like holes or, or they trim stuff and, and whatever, but every piece of information, every piece of dialogue, all 31 lines – Everything is actually important in this film because it ties into something later or previous. Yeah, that's again smart. It right? is. It actually is not a bad written film. It's really not. Kudos, Sybil yeah. Danning. Come on. Kudos to Sybil Danning. Hell yeah! So, so uh, the, you know that the, the uh, Kelly and the and Perry crash, and Willis uh, Branscombe gets out of the car and. Ruger crashes into the garage, right? And and she and he's shooting at Ruger and she blasts him. Yeah. He gets fucking lit up. <laughs> so great. Blasts him. And then uh Jackman takes off, right? He's driving instead of leaving the garage, he's going up. Yep. To the top of the garage, which never makes sense to me because I'm like you're what you're going to what are you going to do? Oh, we'll find out what's going to happen. Uh, at at that moment, Ruger yells, 
now that's their second line to get in, right? Or is that two two words? Right, two that's, words, yes. And now, now so we have twenty nine words to go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kelly gets into Ruger's beat up truck, and the punk that you saw run off earlier out of the blue car, he he's shooting and he jumps in the, the back of the truck. Now the truck is following um, Jackman up the garage, going around and around up to the top of the garage, right? And the this is a really funny scene because as this is happening, he's the 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 goon in the back of the truck is like trying to hold on to the truck, but he's he's like trying to shoot. It looks like he's trying to shoot inside the truck, but it's such an awkward moment. It's like he's knocking on the window. Yeah, he's like tapping on the window, hey, and he, hey. and then he's like trying to help me, guys. He's like, but he's trying to shoot Sybil Danning from the side, and I'm like. Yeah. There's just a big window here. Why didn't he just put the fucking gun and blow fucking Kelly's brains out right there? It was almost as if the back window was like a barrier, a shield, and or he just didn't think about it. But as much as praise as I give the screenwriting and the script, uh, literally two minutes ago, this is one of the legit bad moments. Uh, not, not the climax of this scene, because that's incredible. But yeah. this micro moment, I'm like... Just fucking blow her fucking brains out through the glass. Now I wish, I wish he tried that, and you found out that the glass was bulletproof. That would have been cool, but you don't know that. So just blow her fucking brains out right there. We don't know that, and I wrote that down too. That this, this is, in my opinion, probably the worst scene of the movie uh, because the sound effects are terrible. Yeah. At one point, the door on the truck like opens. Yeah. And it closes. <laughs> Like on the next, so, like on the next shot, it's closed, but then it's open on this shot. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Too. It's a really clunky scene for sure. I wrote that down. I wrote clunky. Yeah, uh, up until then, but the payoff is worth it. Yeah, so they're winding, winding their way up to the top of the uh, parking lot, and they get up to the top, and Jackman's car is up there. Uh, Ruger drives in Jackman's car and sends the guy who's in the back of the truck over the car and he flies over and he flies over the garage complex and off the off the side and down to his death but they cut it so quickly that it's like he flies and then they cut it yeah it's great it's a lot of fun but yeah he's he's gone he flies that man can fly and uh and yeah this is like a we're talking like a uh uh eight or 10 story parking garage. It's awesome that this shot was cool. Cause I was like, yeah, the whole time I was like, uh, it's clunky. I was like, this little chase scene's clunky. It's, it's engaging. But at the same time, I couldn't get over the fact of like, why didn't the goon just shoot Kelly like through the glass, you know, but then yeah. the payoff is so good. I'm like, Oh God, this is great. <laughs> so fucking awesome. And I, I'm like, I want to see this guy crash through his death. Please. please yeah, please, I know please. they didn't have, they didn't have the budget for that. Unfortunately, you wanted to see that, that fake fucking mannequin body fucking flying and splatting. But in their defense, they didn't use a fake mannequin body. You saw a guy fly, although, yeah, it was good. It was really fucking good. It's so amazing good. how this movie can go from uh, to really fucking good. So Ruger goes up to, to, to Jackman at this point, who's in his car, and uh, she pulls a gun on him. His, his, his huge gun, right? She goes, you tell Kavanaugh, you want Kelly Rhodes, you deal with me. And then Michaels goes, uh, or, or not like, Jackman. I, or sorry, Jackman. Jackman goes, look, I don't even know where to get a hold of him. I'm like, wait, y- yo, then what the hell are you doing trying to kill yeah. Rhodes? <laughs> uh, kill uh, K- Kelly Rhodes. And she goes, uh, I'm going to give you a number and a time to call. 
as this is going on, this exchange, Kelly is in the truck of uh, in Rhodes's truck, and she opens up the glove box and finds all these wanted posters in the glove box. Yeah. And then she lets him go. Uh, Ruger lets him go. And she goes, you're letting him go? I wasn't expecting totally... that, by the way. I was not expecting that either. And I, it actually makes total sense. Mm-hmm. She's like setting the trap, right? Yeah. She's, she, she doesn't want Jackman. She wants fucking uh, Kavanaugh. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and then Kelly says, you know, who are the – Ruger gets back in the truck. And she's like, who are these people? And then Ruger, like, sees that she has the, the wanted – posters and she puts them back into her glove box and just drives off yeah she 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 says a lot more to other people than she ever does to kelly she barely says anything to kelly ever yeah right hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages hey everybody welcome to talking back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. Then from there, we cut to... Oh, yeah. So I I wrote this down, too. Ruger likes to, like, totally disgusted with her and just drives off. Yeah. Because she's such a badass. (laughs) From there, you cut to the mayor's office. And you, you're introduced to Mayor Burroughs, who's the current mayor. And remember, Mike Rhodes is the, um, the, the, the candidate. Yeah. Like the up-and-coming candidate. Yeah, right? Burroughs is and, the uh, incumbent, right? Yeah. And Burroughs is there with Rosario. And, she, and he's like, I don't want excuses. I want results. And whoever did this is making, making us look like idiots. Makes me look like an idiot. And Rosario's like, I lost a good man today, sir. And he's like, well, I know you did. Uh, but look. I'm under a lot of pressure here, and uh, there are lunatics out there saying I kidnap Rose. What about this other person, the one who shot the, the punks? He's like, we don't know. We don't know where Mike Rhodes is. We don't know where Kelly Rhodes is. Now we've got some maniac vigilante out there. We're doing the best we can, sir. But until then, uh, until we make some contact, you know, we can't do anything. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, we'll keep me posted. I feel like you're <laughs> turning it. slowly into Chance Boutreau. <laughs> Sorry. It is. Yes, it's totally Chance Boutreau. <clears throat> this, in many ways, just, you know, the heels of Hard Target. I'm like, holy shit. This is kind of a perfect double feature. It is. I was, uh, I was, we're watching our um, sister and brother-in-law's dog, uh, and I was walking him before we recorded. And I was like, this is a nice little fun back-to-back Hard Target and this. Like, because they're kind of like, 
they're both action movies, but they're both examples of two different, very dramatically different styles of action movies and yeah. budget, like like movie size and everything. And it's kind of interesting to see like what works with one and one what doesn't work with another, and kind of comparing the two. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad we did these back to back. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I would watch L.A. Bounty first and then Hard Target to, like, clear and cleanse the palate. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Cut back to Gothic Imports. And I'm only saying that because that's, like, every time they show the warehouse, it's it's plastered on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh's painting, and Jackman walks in. (laughs) Like, kind of, like, like very casually in a way. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up, boss? Yeah. And then and then Kavanaugh's like, well, where's uh, Bogner and Willis? Bogner must have been the other, the, the guy who went sailing over the side. <laughs> sailing. Sailing takes me away. <laughs> and then, and uh, Jackman just goes, dead. Dead. <laughs> He's like, the cops? And then Jackman shakes his head and he goes, no, Ruger. And then Kavanaugh's like, excuse me? And I love this because he look, looks so maniacally pissed. And he's like, I want to know how she got this close to me. And Jackman's like, I don't know. Uh, last I heard, she was in Florida. And he's, and then <laughs> Kevin was like, hmm, Florida? Florida? And then, and then uh, and he's like, well, well, isn't Rand from Florida? And then Jackman's like, well, Rand's a, Rand's a stand-up guy. And he's like, look, everybody's got a price. They're basically, uh, Kavanaugh's alluding to Rand being the guy who ratted out Kavanaugh yeah. to uh, Ruger, which actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, and and honestly too, like I I like everything Van Quattro is doing, like with his face and stuff in this movie. Um, yeah. uh, Old Blue Eyes, aka Jackman, aka Jack, um, aka Michaels. I, he's there's something interesting about him. I really like watching him, even though he's kind of a fuck up character in this, you know. But he's doing some interesting stuff with his face. Yeah, he is. He really is. And then uh, Kavanaugh says, you know, basically he says, Get, "Bring Rand to me because I want to talk to him." And and I love this because after that, yeah, the the cab the camera holds on Kavanaugh and he looks around and he goes. Uh oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. I go, great acting choice by Wings uh, to end the scene. Uh, and yeah, there's like this th- uh, thing that he kind of does. Sometimes he talks to the air uh, when you. I, I think it's probably all the the coke stuff, you know. But there's this underlying current that he's. I don't think he's schizophrenic. He's just talking to somebody. I think he's just coked out of his mind, essentially, all yeah. the time, at all points in time. Well, it kind of alludes that he's talking to "quote unquote" God, yeah, or his God, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he he's he's blazed out of his mind, but he's still in charge. Yep. So he's because like scary as fuck. <laughs> bring me Rand and let's get it ready for war against Ruger. Yep. Cut to Ruger at her trailer park, and she brings Kelly to her place, and Kelly's like, "Where are we? What is this?" <clears throat> and then Ruger sees her favorite chair and there's a doll on it, like a random like little clown doll that she moves over to a table and she sits down and uh, like in her chair and starts to close her eyes. And then Kelly's like, you live here and Ruger three more words. She goes, the bed's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm Leon the professional and I'm going to sleep in this chair. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, and Kelly's like, I want to go home. I don't even know who you are. And then, Ruger just shakes her head, like totally annoyed. Yeah. And Kelly just 
uh, sighs and goes, jerk. <laughs> and, and by the way, did you notice when she, when um, Ruger, when she sits in the chair, she pulls out her gun. It's, uh, you know, it's a pistol, but it's an automatic pistol, not a revolver. Um, and did you notice that the fucking hammer is cocked back on that thing as she's pulling it back? That is so uh, fucking dangerous. Uh, I assume, obviously, it's a prop gun. I'm curious yeah. if the hammer is just always locked in that position on the prop gun or something. But if that were a real gun, that's a bad, bad, bad thing right there. Because especially yeah, with I'm automatics, hoping. automatics, especially more so than like revolvers, they can go off much more easily by accident. Yeah, I'm hoping that gun was totally empty. Oh, no. I mean, it, it was. I mean, the, the movie-wise, it was. But, like, in in the world of that, um, even I don't even think Ruger would have done that. Like, I think that she would have had better gun safety than that. Yeah, I agree. Knowing her backstory. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that was just a prop where the hammer was, like, locked back there. And, you know, when they made this movie in 1989, they didn't expect us to have fucking, like, 60-inch TVs that we could, like, pause and, you know, and, and look at these Blu-rays with and everything, you know? And analyze everything. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, from there, we cut back to Gothic Imports, Kavanaugh's painting. And this week's chewing on his rat tail, by the way. Oh, he's chewing on his rat tail going, oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. He's chewing on his rat tail. Gross. He's like, oh, magic. Hmm. Huh? <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, we're going to see <laughs> We're gonna see what this painting is later. <laughs> Best reveal <laughs> in the entire film. He's so, he's so thrilled with his painting. He walks over to uh, his model, and she's got like a, uh, like a silk blanket on her. He adjusts the blanket uh, so that... You know, she's kind of partially naked again. And then right after he does that and he goes back to painting, he's like, I think that's it for today. Why don't you uh, why don't you just disappear? Yeah. <laughs> it's always get the hell out of here. She leaves and he turns the news on and it's more on the on the roads case. And uh, from there, a car shows up. Guy gets out and it's Rand. And Kavanaugh is like on a ladder. Uh, so, so Rand gets out of his car and he's walking into a different part of the warehouse and, uh, suddenly like Kavanaugh is like kind of halfway on this ladder and he surprises Rand. Yeah. Weirdly. Like, boom, you know? Yeah. Weirdly. This comes back again later. And then Rand starts stuttering. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a stutterer. Yeah. This is so, but it's so great. Cause he's got like this kind of high pitched voice. You, you wanted to see me? And Kavanaugh's like, of course I wanted to see you. How about I buy you a drink? And then Rand's like, oh, that'd be great. Like, wait, buy you a drink? What the hell? And then you cut to Kavanaugh pouring a drink. And he's like, how's your father? I heard he was sick. Rand's like, oh, he's he's much better now. And Kavanaugh's like, oh, that's good. Looking all pissed off. And, And he pours into this glass. And he's like, well, next time you see him, I want you to give him my best. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then suddenly, after he closes in on it, he gra- he takes the glass and he shatters it on Rand's head. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't and that, Rand's like not bleeding. Would that cut your hand, though? Would that cut your hand, too? I think it would, but it's Wing's fucking Hauser, so he's, of course it's not going to. Yeah, and he's coked out. And he's, he's he has coke strength. Yeah. And he throws Rand into a chair, sits, sits him in a chair, and Rand's like... I'm going to give him credit here and say that he's kind of delirious because he's just been cracked over his head with his crystal glass. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, shit. And he's like feeling the blood on his head. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then Kavanaugh fr- like sits him in this chair, and then across from the chair is a video camera. It looks like a snuff film zone, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, in somewhere in the warehouse. And uh, and Kavanaugh's filming him, and he's like, "All right, hold still, hold still." And <laughs> and I love that because like, what what the hell is he gonna do now, right? He goes, "I I know about you and Ruger," and and Rand's like, "No, no, no." And Kavanaugh's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. I just want to know what you told her about me. And he's like, I, do, I just told you, I told her you were in L.A. That's it. And he goes, no, you tipped her off about the Rhodes job. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been there. Oh, he's good like, point. Actually, no, I, I, yeah. And that was something I called out the very beginning. I've watched this movie twice in like two days, and I didn't even pick up on that. So it's actually even tighter because... Yeah, uh, Rand was the one that tipped her off. That's why she was there. Yeah, that's a great. Yep, yep. And he's like, "How much did she pay you?" And and Rand's freaking out. And uh, and and he, and he's like, "No, she 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 was gonna kill me. She threatened to kill me." He's like, "No, no, that's not in her style. She'd never kill you. That's not in her personality." That's what he said. It's not in her personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know, and then Kavanaugh continues. He's like, you know, she made it really tough for me. I had to go. I had to go all the way to South America, fighting off mosquitoes as big as got as big as my goddamn fist. <laughs> now it's a matter of time before she knows where I am. And he goes, I, you know, I'd appreciate it if you felt a little sorrow. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, and Rand's like, I'm sorry. And Kavanaugh goes, Are you sorry? And he goes, Lies. <laughs> and then he pauses for a minute and he goes. Don't you feel better? It's like going to church. He's like, yeah, I do. I do feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. And he goes, and then Rand's like, what are you gonna do? And he, and and at this point, Kavanaugh pulls out two guns, and Kavanaugh says, well, here's the deal. One of these is loaded, but the question is, which one? Right? And Rand's like freaking out. And, and Kavanaugh's like, it's just a game. Come on, pick one, right or left. And Rand's freaking out, and he goes, we got to do this. We got to do this right now. Pick one, right or left, God damn it. And Rand goes, okay, the left one. And he goes, I couldn't do that to you. I couldn't kill you. I couldn't kill you. You're like a little brother to me. And he goes, right, right, bam, bam, and then shoots him. Yeah, fucking blasts him right in the wig dude good uh good like um exit uh blood spider behind uh double day's back of his head you know rand it was yeah, good he, he does like a uh semi far away shot of like just straight in the head blows his brains out basically yeah, yeah. and you see it i mean you fucking see it oh yeah it's great and then and then kavanaugh's having his you know talking to himself moment he's like "Ooh, was that good oh i don't know i don't know it's just so cruel ha <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, it's awesome. Fucking maniac, man. Yeah, dude. He, that was cool. It was a re- overall, like, this was a really intense scene. Didn't know where it was going, although it went exactly where I thought it was probably going to go, but it was intense the entire time. Yeah, it's so great. Cut back to uh, Ruger in her trailer, and phone rings, and there's a guy on the phone. He's like, Kavanaugh agreed to your terms, and he'll make the exchange at the Norwood Ranch. Have Mrs. Rhodes with you. Click. And I'm like, Norwood Ranch? Is that where Charles Manson, like, had his people? Part of me is like, was that the Norwood Ranch? I gotta look that up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, that doesn't sound 
Yeah, but it, it was a ranch that Charles Manson was at. But yeah, like, and it was like a filmed, like a film yeah, site too. Yeah, and then that's kind of like how this is. It's uh, it, it's it's a ranch, but it's an old film set. And if you, and guys and gals, if if you're not familiar with, uh, like older LA, like Western era sort of LA, a lot of these uh, ranches, quote unquote ranches, were just like Warner Brothers would own them, and they were just a a, a town. They turned them into like little, you know. Um, western towns and they would film their western movies at them and whatnot it was interesting so so there are actually these little ranches like littered around the valley that are just old sets and stuff i'm sure nowadays they're probably gone but back in 89 i think they were probably more prevalent yeah totally yeah it's cool though and where they were they film this in just a few minutes they they it's it's a great location for yeah sure. no it really is my only the only wonky thing is the way that the film language is in this movie, it it kind of tells you that the ranch is literally right next to her where she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because yeah. she just leaves and then she's there. Like it's it's really weird, but but you'll you'll get to it and, and then it yeah. and even with the tail end of that, she comes back and it's like it's literally the way the movie is filmed, it makes it look like it's ne- she's right next door to it. And I was yeah, like, that's right a little wonky. Right. So, yeah. So we know now Ruger left and Kelly is now alone in the trailer. Uh, she she comes out and she she's she tries to leave, but the trailer is locked from the outside. Right. So she can't get out. Then Ruger shows up and has like a cigar in her mouth and she's got a bag of what I thought was dinner at first, but it ends up being breakfast, but it's a burger. Yeah. She brings her a burger for, and, and then Kelly makes some comment about, Oh, what's this hamburger for breakfast. And then Ruger's got a suitcase on the other hand and she opens it up and it's a big ass fucking blaster. And then Ruger is like just basically getting ready. She's got a bunch of, she's a bunch of guns in this, uh, in this suitcase. And I love how uh, Kelly's like, oh, what are you, like, the the strong macho type? Or should I say matcha? I was like, yeah, yeah I, I love kinda, that. I was like, that was a little clever. And, but uh, Sybil Danning says nothing. She just, like, kind of gives her looks and stuff. And, yeah, dude, she pulls it off. Like, she pulls off the quiet action hero. Yeah, because Kelly's like, who are you? She's like, you're a, bo- you're a bounty hunter, aren't you? And she's like, you, you, oh, you're so tough, right? Yeah, and you're right. The, the, I love that. The real macho, or is it matcha? And then she goes, hey, you you know, look, maybe you think you got monopoly on hard times and that gives you the right to treat me like dirt. Well, my life hasn't been good, hasn't been a bed of roses either, okay? And then Ruger just goes, shut up. <laughs> exactly. I love it. There's like love two, it. two more lines. I think we're like 25 lines. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think 25 so. 25 words. <laughs> and, uh, and then Ruger goes outside, leaves Kelly there, leaves the trailer, goes outside and slams the door in Kelly's face, which is hilarious. It almost hits her in the face. Yeah. And, but but uh, see, the thing is, you here's where you don't see, like, Ruger get in her car. She just kind of, like, walks off. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see her get in the truck and drive off. You think, oh, the trailer is at the Norwood Ranch. <laughs> Literally suddenly, at the Norwood Ranch. We cut to the Norwood Ranch. <laughs> and it's Jackman with now four thugs uh, with the, him. The I, You know what I wrote? I go, um, I go... Uh, Jack and his gang of unimpressive goons because yeah, very unimpressive. They goons. were not impressive. They're not Martin's dudes, that's for sure. No, but I do. Hats off to one dude who gets his hand blown off. In hats LA. off to trench coat. Yeah, trench coat. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the now you've got like this 
kind of cool Western music playing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is kind of. And, and by the way, the the music throughout this thing is not so bad. No, it's, it's serviceable. Uh, it, it does its job. It it's 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 interesting. Uh, actually, there is uh, a musical thing later that I want to call out when she's in the police station. There's this weird yes. Darth Vader breathing that I didn't understand, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So these four dudes with uh, Jackman show up at the ranch, and then Ruger appears. I t- by the way, I call. I did label one of the goons as the poor man's Will Forte, and he's the guy that gets blown <laughs> through the uh, the door. <laughs> I love that. And then Ruger uh, Ruger sees everybody, and then Jackman says, "If if you if Kavanaugh's the one you're looking for, he couldn't make it." And he shows his gun. And then the shootout commences. Yeah. Just everybody's bl- blasting her. She's blasting him. Ruger's blasting dudes through doors. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's like so. It's like uh, when you went to those uh, the olden days at a at a an amusement park with the old shootouts, the old western shootouts with like the cable tied behind the guys. So when he shoots him, he gets pulled through a door. It's that's exactly what's happening. But but uh, throw in like awesome squibs so like yeah so like you really get the the feeling that those shots have impact and like i said especially uh uh the poor man's will forte uh aka mcgruber he gets blown back through a fucking uh door and it's i mean it's really good it's a good fucking stunt one guy gets blown off the the roof another guy fucking gets his hand fucking blown off it's awesome that was one of the best parts this guy goes to shoot ruger and then gets his his non his non shooting hand blown off, so he's still able to kind of shoot her with his other hand, and then he gets blasted again. Yeah. And he's dead. <laughs> so now everybody's dead except for Jackman, and Jackman splits because you know I don't blame him actually. And Ruger leaves. Right? She runs back to the trailer, which and again quite like, possibly is on the same spot. <laughs> and again, it's like. There's no point in time that they show her getting her car. So yeah, it's and when she like leaves this this ranch, she like goes screen right, and then as yeah. she goes back into the next scene, she's coming from screen left. So like the visual language is even telling you that she's just doing it by foot, and it's right next door. But uh, it's wonky, it's weird, and but it's also what makes it fun, you know? And I don't know. It's, it's the, silly. We, we talk about these kind of things where, like, it's sometimes it's the goofiness that makes the movie hold up and, and kind of stay endearing to us uh, over the years. But, yeah, it is, it is a weird editing thing that it really makes it look like the Norwood Studios is literally right next door. It's really silly. But when she, when she gets back to the trailer, Kelly's gone. Yeah, because during the shootout, you you see Kelly leave during the shootout, and even then, it almost makes it sound like you could that she can hear the gunshots. Like she know, like it's so weird. Well, maybe I mean, maybe that's makes sense, right? No, but but no, but hold on. But Kavanaugh picked Norwood Studios, not her. She didn't say that, right? Or oh, did yeah. did she say to meet at Norwood Studios? I thought he... no, because because Kavanaugh, she's like uh, he agreed to your terms. Okay, so so it was her terms to do Norwood Studios. Then yeah, maybe she is close to it. Maybe she knew that, so she'd be close to it. She's like, I don't want to have to drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah, gas in that truck is way too expensive. Yeah, do you know how hard it is for a double double tank truck like this to fill it up? Seriously. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so she so Kelly has split through all the, all the chaos. She's gone, right? 
And then you get this weird random shot of like downtown LA. It just, it goes nowhere. It's just, it's like a daytime shot. And then you're back at Gothic Imports <laughs> and the naked chick is back on the bed again. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> and and the, the news is talking about, uh, you know, the wave of violence. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it, there was a, there was a wild west shootout at the uh, Norwood studio that left four men dead Eyewitnesses gave a description of a single hand, uh, a gun-toting female who single-handedly fought off four assailants firing automatic weapons. <laughs> who is this? Who saw Who's this? Eyewitness? <laughs> yeah, who saw this go on, Raina? Some Billy? homeless guy was like, dude, having the show of his life. He's like, oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh's back to painting his famous painting, and. And he's like, okay, well, that that's it for today. He's all annoyed. And the model's like, well, when do I get to see it? And he goes, are you serious? Just leave now. Like, so just, like, violent. Yeah. From there, Jackman comes into the warehouse. And uh, and at this point, I was like, why go back, bro? Just, yeah, dude. Just he... leave. This is three times you fucked up. It's over. You know you're going to die. Just fucking just hit the road. Don't look back. <laughs> exactly you done son you're just done. don't even <laughs> you're done but his done is pretty damn funny yeah it um is. so so he's so he's back to i wrote this down i'm like oh great here we go again because now jackman is walking down the same hallway of this part of this warehouse where rand was walking earlier mm-hmm. and <laughs> kavanaugh jumps out of nowhere He's, and he goes, look out! It scares the shit out of Jackman. <laughs> He's like, man, you scared the shit out of me. And then Kavanaugh's like, you're such a fucking idiot. He's like, you know, you're such a fucking idiot. You know that? And and then and Jackman's like, what? And he goes, well, can you do me a favor? And, and Jackman goes, what? He goes, come on, come on. And he's walking uh, Jackman into the warehouse. And then I wrote down, uh-oh, here we go again. Hey, here it is. And suddenly... Jackman sees that Kavanaugh's got a gun and Jackman's like, well, she, she tricked us. She, and, and Jack and Kavanaugh doesn't want to hear it, but Jackman's trying to still act kind of cool about everything. He's like, she tricked us. We should have known she was going to pull something. And, uh, and Kavanaugh like looks into this. There's a, there's a, the, the crate that they had the cocaine in is sitting in front of Jackman and Kavanaugh looks into the crate and he whistles and he's like, Hey, um, get in the crate, will you? <laughs> and Jackman's like, what do you mean? Like, he doesn't even miss a beat. You know, after Jackman's like kind of sort of trying to explain himself, but Kavanaugh doesn't give a shit. And he's like, get in the crate. And Jackman's like, what do you mean? And he goes, I want to see if you can follow a simple order. Go on, get in. And my, uh, Jackman's like, come on, Kavanaugh. And then Kavanaugh's like, well, what's the matter? Too silly for you? <laughs> you? You feel silly getting into a crate. And Jackman's kind of like laughing and he goes, well, yeah. And that's when Kavanaugh pulls the, uh, like an Uzi out on him and he goes, well, how about this? This too silly for you? Get in the crate. And by the way, that Uzi style, uh, I had an Intertech water gun of that, of that Uzi style right there. And so that, that Uzi is always my favorite Uzi because, you know, there's two versions, the longer one and then there's that one. But yeah, uh, I love that intertech. one too. Yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> That's the missing in action Chuck Norris yep. Uzi, double yeah. Uzis. Yep. So badass. And so, uh, yeah, so so Jackman abides and he gets in the crate, but he's standing up. <laughs> this is funny. And then uh, he goes, well, now what? 
And Kavanaugh's like, good, good. Sit, 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 good boy. And, sit. and the look on like Jackman's face is he's just like, yeah, he's he, he knows. But at the same time, he's like, fuck this, you know? Yeah, this is ridiculous. And then he goes, okay, now lie down. And then this is funny because Jackman lies down in the crate and he closes his eyes like he's going to go to sleep, which is really silly. <laughs> and then uh, Kavanaugh takes the top of the crate, which looks like it's made out of like the thinnest wood on the planet and covers the crate with it. And then suddenly Kavanaugh says, now you sorry. And Jackman says, okay, I'm sorry. This is the time when the subtitles, because, you know, you can't see Jackman, so they actually put, like, his name. And that's when it said Jackman. That was the first time I saw that because, like I said, Kavanaugh refers to him as Jack and whatnot. So I was like, and that's when I started taking notes, like, well, who the fuck is Jackman? What is this guy's name? You know, and that's this right here is the scene that the the spiral, the IMDb spiral I went down (laughs) on trying to figure out who the fuck this guy was. Um, It's really not going to matter after this scene because he's going to be dead in about 10 (laughs) seconds. It's literally moot in like 10 seconds. Yes, yes, because because, uh, Kavanaugh goes, is it hard to breathe? And then suddenly just blast the shit out of the crate. He goes, that better? Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That yeah. was that was crazy shit. And you didn't even, like, hear, like, Jackman scream. You just see blood sort of coming out of the uh, the box, which is which actually made it a little bit, you know, more intense is the fact that you didn't hear him, like, yell or anything, you know? Like, it's always like, no, no. You know, you're expecting him to be like, no, don't. He, he just, you don't hear anything. He just brrr, he shoots him. He's dead. It's over. Yeah. What's what's funny about this is, okay, so Rand, he, sh- he does a brain shot in. Rand's not going to emote after a brain shot. He's dead. Right, because he killed the brain, kill the brain, kill the body, and uh, and then he shoots. He 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 blasts the crate enough times that it would make sense that he wouldn't scream. Yeah, but also too, Jackman is like he he, he kind of stops emoting, like almost like he's like numb at that point. You know, well, he's, Which he's makes resigned sense to his he knows fate. He's gonna, he knows yeah. he's gonna die. Yeah, he he's gonna die. So from there, you cut back to Kelly, who's now in her house. So she escaped. <laughs> she escaped Ruger and, you know, ran home. And now she's back with Rosario, Detective uh, Lieutenant Rosario. Yeah. And they're like having a casual, not a casual conversation, but it's like we just picked up where we last left off. Like there's 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 no explanation of like you almost died. My partner is dead. It's just like, OK, so let's go over this one more time. Yeah. You heard the name Ruger, right? You sure? And she's like, <laughs> OK, Yes. We were in the room when a man called out Ruger. We, uh, we had a deal or something like that. Do you know who she is? <laughs> and Rosario goes, oh, yes. <laughs> Everybody knows Ruger, baby. And he goes, i got to say it again. He goes, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so funny because... I don't know his delivery. His delivery is so freaking good. I love it. He, he feels like he he's somebody from a an Italian an eighties Italian horror film. He really feels yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And so, uh, so at this point now, there's another cop in the room. Uh, the phone rings at Kelly's house, and they they're they're getting ready to trace the call, right? And uh, and Kelly picks up the phone and. You hear this guy on the other end go, uh, you know, there's a there's a package for you. You can pick it up at the rear of uh, 
7221 South Temple Boulevard. And like Rosario makes a motion to, to Kelly to like, sl- like keep him on the phone longer. And she's like, I don't understand. Can you repeat that, please? Click. And then Rosario nods to the other cop uh, who's like tracing the call that they don't, they didn't get, they didn't track the call, basically. Yeah. And, and then Rosario's like, you've got to keep calm. Let us take care of this. And then she's like, kind of like looking all nervous from there. So now Kelly just escaped Ruger, right? She's been kidnapped, essentially. Uh, her life has been threatened. There's one cop. The one cop car is at OJ's house. Mm-hmm. Ruger's sitting right outside the house yes. by the gate yeah. in her beat up ass truck. <laughs> and she just drives off. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's some, pl- some detective work there. <laughs> I would not want to be <laughs> there at all. Anyways, cut from there to the mayor's office. And there's a uh, Mayor Burroughs is with Rosario. And, and Mayor Burroughs definitely looked right at the camera in the, at the beginning of this scene. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> and not in a good way. He's great and not in a good way. No, he, you're right. He is fun. He, he's fun, but, eh, you know. <laughs> He's not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the it's like the the police chief in Mutant. Actually. No, yeah, honestly, I got shades of that because like his his delivery is good, but he doesn't know where to put his eyeballs. Nope, nope, definitely not. So in the mayor's office, they have like a, a TV VCR set up, and Burroughs is like, "This better be good, Rosario. These media bastards are eating me alive." And Rosario plays the tape, and it's Mike. It's basically like uh, what do you, what do you call those videos where like a like a like like a, like a, ter- a hostage video? Yeah, and it's yeah. Mike tied up, and he's like, "Oh, I'm alive and well, but uh, but w- w- what you just saw is gonna happen to me unless you follow these steps." And then they, someone slaps him. And he's like, you're to put $500,000 in a new suitcase. I'm like, oh, this is totally the 80s. $500,000 is nothing. It's nothing nowadays. Yeah. Inflation, I, I guess that's a, kind of like a mill now, basically. Which is still not that much if you think about it for a body. For, yeah, it's for, really not. For, the, for an incumbent mayor. Yeah. And I love this because he's like, this is to be used. Uh, uh, he says, you know, put it in a suitcase. This is to be used in 20 50 and $100 bills. Oh, used 20 50 and $100 bills. I love that. So they can't trace them, I yeah. guess. My wife, Kelly, is to deliver the money. They slap him again. Kelly is to wait for a phone call telling her where and when to deliver the money. Suddenly he goes, don't. He breaks like kayfabe and he's like, don't do it, Kelly, don't. And then you kind of see this the butt of this gun smash him across the face, and then the picture fades out, and then static. And Burroughs is like, looks at Rosario and goes, well, what are we going to do? And Rosario goes, we're going to raise the money and wait for the call. I'm like, raise the money? Yeah. Who's, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to have, we're going to have an Indiegogo and get money for this. Suddenly, like, Rosario says to the mayor, he goes, what do you know about Mike Rhodes? And... The mayor says, he wants my office. That's about it. Why? And Rosario goes, well, if we knew more about this background, we could go through a list of possible enemies. And then the mayor says, well, I'm his enemy, his political enemy anyway. You think I did it? Rosario's like, no, sir, I don't. And then uh, the mayor says, well, you know, he's actually doing better in the polls than he was before, so 
or I'm doing worse. <laughs> which is and, uh, which is a plot point right there. It's a good plot point. And yeah. and the mayor like picks up his phone and 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 he and he like acts like he's uh he's gotta go and he puts the phone down and he leaves, right? Mayor leaves and Rosario's still in the room and he rewinds the videotape a little bit and watches the final scene again where Mike gets hit in the head with the the butt of this gun. And it's just an interesting moment because he's like questioning it. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning it too because I for again I haven't seen this movie all the way through. So at this point I'm like, is Rosario a bad guy? Maybe he's the bad guy. Like, yeah. There's an inside job. Who's the inside guy? We don't yeah. know just yet. Because because honestly I didn't see the twist coming. But then once you do know it, it's it, it makes for a, a, a different viewing experience the next time around. Exactly. From there, you cut to the police station, inside the police station, and you see Ruger, who's now wearing a police uniform, and her bad hair is in a bad bun, (laughs) basically. Uh, She's wearing a quote-unquote disguise, right? Yeah. She goes into a um, kind of... The, the records room. Where the hell's the records room? She goes to the records room. It's her second Dr. Rosen penis. <laughs> Come again. Dr. Rosen Rosen. Nurse, I'm having a, I'm hyperventilating. Uh, could you bring me a uh, glass of hot fat and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia? Um, That's so good. It's so uh, good. So good. We're never going to review that movie because we'll never, it'll be a six hour long episode. Yeah. And it's just, we will just be literally quoting every line from the entire fucking movie and then both giggling and then both saying, Oh, it's so good. So good. Do you guys really want to hear that? Is that something you want to hear? I don't think I so. I think they do. What was, what was the last, what was the last one we did where we were laughing throughout the, almost the entire thing? Oh, shit. The, I, uh, Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. I think Psycho Gorman, but honestly what I, what I remember is, is Ford Fairlane. I, I think if we do, if we do Fletch, it'll be like Ford Fairlane, but worse as far as like us just quoting the damn thing yes yes <laughs> so uh anyways back to this movie la bounty and, and Civil... before you get into like what she's doing and everything did you notice the music in this scene um i didn't i didn't note it it's so weird it's i don't know what it is or what what's going on but it's it's not like I don't have the vocabulary to describe it, but it's like kind of like some kind of weird industrial thing. But then there's like this weird Darth Vader breathing that's in it. And I was like, is that supposed to be in the scene? Or I was like, no, that's that's the music. Why is Darth Vader in the fucking music? It's a really weird musical track on this. Why on this is scene. Darth Vader in the music? <laughs> Why indeed? Because <laughs> oh Sybil Danning needed that, I guess, because we're kind of getting a plot point reveal in this moment. She's pulling up random names of of of, uh, of, of convicts. First one she pulls up is this nondescript dude named Sidney uh, Otis Sidney. The next one is Robert Maxwell. And then James Hayes, a.k.a. Jimmy, and you recognize that this guy is the guy from earlier in the movie who is with Kavanaugh, the Coke finger guy. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's So she was trying to find him, but then she also finds that guy with the, the handlebar mustache, and then she's like going to follow him later. I didn't get how she even got his name. Well, so I don't know either. <laughs> my, my guess is that these were the guys that were involved with uh, the cop who got killed in her flashbacks. Okay. 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 And yeah, maybe she's, 
knew those names because I mean she knows James obviously she because she has a whole backstory with him she didn't read him his rights that's why he kind of walked and everything and you see well, that they, they even say that on his write-up on the computer screen it says uh um something like why he was acquitted and then it says like failed to read Miranda rights yeah it, it says released on technicality for Jimmy um failed to read so so all these guys are out on bail Right. Or out right. uh, of jail. Right. All, all these three. And she looks all pissed. And then you realize that she was the arresting officer. She was a cop. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So that, that costume is probably not a costume. It's probably just in her closet. Exactly. <laughs> From there, you cut to Kelly uh, back at OJ's house with Rosario. And Rosario's revealing to Kelly that Ruger was a cop. Uh, she was a street kid who never knew her father. Mom died of an overdose when she was uh, 11 or 12, maybe. That's why she became a narcotics officer, I think. <laughs> oh, no, no. I wrote, I wrote, uh, yeah, you think? Like, <laughs> duh, of course. And that's a cool backstory, too. I like that she was like a street kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and he reveals that, you know, everybody knew her. Yeah. She had her own way of dealing with things, you know? And then he reveals that her partner was killed by Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh got away, and she got the axe, and she never forgot. Then from there, you cut to uh, Ruger, who's now at the Griffith Observatory. Fucking awesome. I'm like, oh, I know this place, yeah. and it hasn't changed in, like, 30 years no it really hasn't <laughs> it really hasn't guys it really hasn't I, I i go up there quite often i love it up there anyways uh you cut to ruger at griffith observatory and she's watching a dude with those like with those binocular things they have at, at, uh, you know to look out at the um landscape that never really work if you think about it yeah and they don't turn all the way around so you can look back into the parking lot but the guy yeah. that she's looking at is one of the guys that she was reading his write-up thing in the com the police station earlier so i think that's how she found him but what i don't understand is how she got to his name to begin with uh and and I, it, you don't either um and i feel like that was something that was cut or it was just something that was embedded so deeply into the story that we we missed it um but <laughs> big big plot hole big big plot hole over, uh because because it's it, it's a it's a 5 minute scene that we don't really have a whole lot of backstory with no. but it leads us into the next scene that leads us into yeah. the next it's scene it's like it's necessary it's a piece of the puzzle that has to be there but we don't know as a viewer how she got this guy's name um it might have been in the information on the screen but it was so quickly uh, i get james like she knows james because she tried to read it she didn't read Miranda rights like i know how she got to that guy's name i don't know how she got to this guy's name and then found him and then traced him to griffith yeah. observatory yeah, there, there's this shady looking dude sitting on a park bench uh, and he's got like a newspaper and then handlebar mustache, Sidney Otis guy sits down next to him. The, the, the shady dude leaves his newspaper on the park bench, leaves uh, Sidney Otis, picks up the newspaper. And next thing you know, he's he's leaving Griffith. The, what's funny is he's walking into Griffith Observatory because he spots uh, Ruger's truck and ruger and uh and kind of like flees by going 
to the backside of Griffith's Observatory, which will just loop around if you really yeah. think about it. It doesn't go anywhere. It's this little, like, thin walkway that goes around the back of Griffith's Observatory, almost to the point where, like, you couldn't, you can only have, like, two people next to each other in it. Like, it's a small pathway. But, yeah, it's just a loop. It just goes around. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, um, you know, he gets caught by Ruger. He pulls his gun so limply. Yeah, It is, like, sad. the weakest limp uh, like literally the dude needs Viagra for his pull. And, uh, and she pulls out her gun, which is this giant ball destroyer. It's such a badass gun and puts it up to his nose. And he drops the newspaper, which had cocaine, a bag of cocaine in it. She shakes her head. And then from there you cut to Hollywood at night and you see Ruger now walking with purpose. Right. And yeah. And into this, like, alleyway right or whatever yes you see a dude in an alley in a convertible and it's, hey um, it's blackie damn it blackie damn it yeah th- third build guy in the movie and he on according to imdb and he's in it for like a two second scene now two but second e- scene. even more so my question to you is did you notice that like so ruger's hand cannon now has like a scope on it very much akin to uh cobra and uh terminator but, also yep yeah. terminator also um but then it's gone after that i almost wonder if this scene was shot first they had more stuff like planned and everything and then literally like a year went by blackie damn it left the production but he was already billed i don't know and they and then they forgot the scope or something i don't know but this scene feels weirdly out of place only like because of the the scope on the gun and because of this blackie damn it guy only being in the movie for like one minute and yet getting third build it's really ridiculous it's weird i mean it, 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 he he gets third bill for me because his imdb photo so uh so epic and his bio but that's about it yeah but even my note on this scene is like i go oh my god this guy's blackie damn it because i noticed his uh tattoo on his arm on his shoulder and i checked it with imdb and again i was like because at this point, I thought that, yeah, it's a, phew, so confusing, guys. It's weird. It's a weird, weird IMDb situation that we got going on here with this movie. It's very weird. So from there, uh, uh, yeah, Blackie Dammit's in his, in his car. This is James Maxwell. This is the other, the second name she pulls up on her, uh, on the records room deal. And he's talking to what looks like two prostitutes. And uh, he's like, they're like, I got what you want. He goes, hey, baby, what's happening? And suddenly, out of nowhere, Ruger appears with her awesome gun, pulls it on him with the laser scope, and she just says, talk. Right? That's it. One word? One word. Ends that scene. Now we're in the daytime, back at OJ's house, <laughs> and... <laughs> I love how you just you leaned into it at this point. Yeah, it's OJ's house. I mean, it's literally what it is. And... um there oj oj kelly and rosario are walking in the garden and it's such a weird moment because rosario goes i don't mean to pry but how did you and your husband get together like that's relevant shit yeah to this case yeah i think so right <laughs> and she's like yeah she's like it was a boat party a year ago and he's like "Ooh, kind of a whirlwind romance huh and she's like he swept me off my feet and uh, and this is important. She and he goes, well, where's where's he from anyway, huh? 
Of course, wait, he's a mayor, mayoral, mayoral, mayoral candidate. Yeah. And you don't know where he's from? Well, I mean, this is not like, you know, nowadays where you can just pull up Wikipedia and look somebody up, you know? And she goes, Florida originally. Ding, ding, ding. Right. So there's connection. Yep. Ruger, Florida. And he goes, oh, I'm just curious. You know, the man behind the image. (laughs) And she goes, oh, God, I want him back. And then suddenly Rosario like puts his hand on her very like seductively. Yeah. It's supposed to be comforting, but it's a little knowing the way he's talking to her. It's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to make a move on you. you I I think, I think the actor is one of those people that doesn't know how to do anything but seduce. It's like, it's not his fault. You know, like he, he doesn't know any other way, but I felt the exact same way when he puts his hand on her. I'm like, this guy, I mean, he's not sleazy, but I'm getting some vibes from him. And it's weird because his character really is not trying to do that. But no. he is like, the actor is so suave sounding that you're like, is he putting the moves on her? Right. <laughs> and he is. And he goes, we should go back inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting too hot out here. I'm getting too hot and bothered. Mm. So so now uh, you cut inside the house and th- there's another news report on the TV uh, and, and it's the the mayor is now being interviewed by reporter Fraser Kelly because yeah. he announces himself. Meanwhile, this is the guy who kind of that's the guy who pops up throughout this whole thing, Fraser Kelly. And uh, and he's not on IMDb. Who's no. And he should be because he's got a pretty prominent role. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And and, uh, and and the reporter's like, you know, Mr. Mayor, we understand that the city council is putting together a special commission to investigate allegations that your office was involved in Mike Rhodes' disappearance. Do you have any comment on that? And and the mayor's like, well, if the city council sees it fit to investigate preposterous rumors, I'm not aware of it. And uh, what's hilarious th- about this moment is because it, it's actually a very relevant scene. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're already kind of led to believe there's a lot of red herrings at this point is the uh mayor the one who is behind this is rosario because now he's making moves on kelly so to speak yeah right yeah at this point uh, the first time viewing at this point i kind of was clocking rosario as some sort of involvement maybe um until like late the last half obviously you know you can tell he's not but right here and right now in this scene I was picking up on something, some vibe, but I think it's it. I think it's the stuff that we talked about. I think it's his heartthrobness. I think he doesn't know how to turn it off. Yeah, ex- totally, totally. So they're they're like playing gin rummy or some shit. Uh, Kelly and and Rosario, and the phone rings. She almost drops her fucking tea. He yeah, she- he catches it. He catches it real good, like really yeah. good reflexes. He does. He does. And he signals to the other cop to like get ready to do the, um, the, the trace, uh, what you, tracing call. Yeah. And, uh, she picks up the phone and again, it's some random dude on the phone. He's like, do you have the money? And she's like, yeah, but I, I want to talk to my husband. And the, and the guy on the phone is like, if you don't do anything stupid, you'll see your husband tonight. Now listen carefully, get in your car and go to Mulholland drive. 
half mile east on Coldwater. <laughs> There's a public phone. I know exactly where that is, by the way. So do I. <laughs> I think I might have used that phone. And uh, by the way, I used to live off of Coldwater Canyon, not near Mulholland, but a lot of in the valley, a lot of the roads, um, the na- like it'll go for a long distance. So like you can get on Coldwater, like, you know, in Hollywood area and you still get to the valley a lot of times. Uh, it'll take you forever. Um, but a lot of those roads do actually go like a, a long distance. Um, but yeah, cold water in Mulholland. Yeah, it's a trip. And I think that phone booth might still be there. Actually, <laughs> might still you want to go on a <laughs> LA bounty tour? Uh, yeah, maybe, dude. Maybe next time I come in town, we can go to an LA bounty tour. Good. I would love to take gothic. you on an LA bounty tour. <laughs> do it, baby. Do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he's like, you got a half hour to get there, right? Uh, she and and again, Rosario is trying to keep her on the phone longer, and she's like, "Wait!" And the phone hangs up, and it's not long enough to get a trace yet again. Police fail, and then Rosario is like, "Do you know where that is?" And she's like, "Oh, I do." You know, and he goes, "Okay, well, let's get ready to go." And then from there, you cut to like a SWAT truck with. Uh, the SWAT team loading up their M16 machine guns. And, and loading up their awesome mustaches. Yes. It, it is like close-up shots of their of their mustaches and, and their, M16s. Empty, <laughs> their M16s that don't have a cartridge in them, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, anyways, they're moving out. And Rosario and Kelly get in their car. Uh, Rosario lays down in the back seat. It's a little, it's a little goofy looking. It's, it's goofy and awkward. I, I, I don't know a better way to show it, and it's logical. Like he has to do that, but it's kind of goofy looking, especially since he's always kind of smiling back it's there. Super like, hey, hey, it's super goofy. It's super goofy here. looking. He, this guy again. He's a legendary actor, and he's got his own joie de vivre. It's like. Um, you know, it's Lee Marvin or 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 uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen. It's like these guys are they have their old school style of acting. It's very it's very comical. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not intentional, but it makes it, the movie that much more enjoyable because you just got a smile on your face because it looks so weird. <laughs> Anyways, they drive off down Mall and cue this uh, killer rock music and damn like generic rock music, but it's actually pretty decent generic rock music. Yeah, when it's not Darth Vader breathing, the music's decent. Yeah, exactly. And they're driving through Mulholland. They go through the famous Mulholland Tunnel. I'm like, I know that tunnel. Cool. And uh, they park by the payphone. Uh, The phone rings. And Kelly gets on the phone. And she's like, yeah, there's no one with me. And basically, the, the guy on the phone tells her where to go next. Um, and she's like, it's it's so far away, I can't make it. And then he kind of hangs up. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it turns out it's it's a mile past Sandstone. Uh, like in Malibu or something like that. And uh, and Rosa- she gets back in the car and she and Rosario's like, don't don't turn around. Just just start the car. What did they say? And she's like, it's a mile past Sandstone. And Rosario walkies on his on his uh, he pulls out a walkie. And he's like, OK, it's a mile past Sandstone to the rest of the cops. Cut to a mile past Sandstone, <laughs> and the, they're driving down this like kind of abandoned road, which looks like it's probably somewhere in Malibu. And SWAT team is following them, and then you see some random dude in the bushes who's watching with his beautiful mustache as well. And then she finally pulls into the spot where they told her to to stop, and she doesn't see anyone. She's like, uh, you know, where where is everybody? Uh, I don't. This is where they told me, but I don't see anyone. 
And he's like, okay, uh, walk out around the car and I'll give you the money. And she gets out of the car and she leaves her door open. This is important to me anyways. And uh, he op- she opens the door and like the duffel bag's there and he's all kind of sandwiched in on the other <laughs> side. Yeah, he's still laying down in the back. <laughs> And suddenly the this van pulls out down the road. And like in like kind of like, you know, just like a tail slide, you know, in front of her to where the I, I couldn't tell if it was actually the actress or a stunt person because they kind of took like a couple steps back because they were like, uh, I don't know if this fucking truck's going to stop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> She's a famous actress. Don't hit her. And uh, yeah, pulls <laughs> yeah. sideways. And Rosario Walkie's like, it's going down now, now. And then Martin is there. And he's like, is that the money? And she's like, where's my husband? And uh, they grab the money and they grab Kelly. And suddenly the guy who's in the bushes watching everything going on has a bazooka. And you see Rosario still sitting in his car. Yeah. Like, as she's getting kidnapped, he's just chilling in the, car, in the car, not doing anything. The SWAT truck that's driving down the road, the bazooka guy shoots the bazooka at the truck, blows it to shit. <laughs> Everybody's torched. They're jumping. SWAT members are jumping out of the SWAT <laughs> truck on fire, screaming. Yeah. Rosario's still in the car. Dude, when the, when the SWAT team truck gets blown up, I wrote, and the quarterback is toast. <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> totally. And finally, Rosario jumps out of the car and he goes, police, hold it. And he gets shot immediately in the arm and his arm looks like it just exploded. The squib is like entrails coming out of his arm. Yeah, I wrote that. I was like, it looks like his arm's going to fucking fall off, dude. And he's just like, oh, oh. And the hole is yeah, like no, no. massive. I, I wrote this down. I wrote this down because the, the 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 van pulls off and he like lays down. He's on the ground holding his arm and he goes, ay, ay, ay. Yeah, dude. It's not a scratch. Ay, ay, ay. It's a chunk. It's a giant chunk was blown out of his arm. He's oh, never going to be able to use that arm again. Or he will in about 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> of, course. of course he will. <laughs> right. So he gets in the car and drives after them. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. And now, back to the show. 
From there, we cut to Ruger in her truck looking at a notepad. <laughs> it's got a bunch of names on it. Yeah. Got, it says Florida. Florida-Rand. And then underneath of that, L.A. Otis Maxwell, question mark, Kavanaugh. She checks off each name. And then next to the question mark, she writes, Jimmy. Jimmy. And then she circles Kavanaugh. She drives off. I know. I saw that. I was like, ah, you know, because on a on a day to day basis, I do things with the assumption that there's a camera over my shoulder. You know, you know what I mean? I was like, no one would do this. No one would fucking do this. It's kind of like in Billy Madison when, uh, you know, people to kill kind of thing. It's really funny. I love that movie. Uh, me too. Uh, never going to cover that. one. No, no. <clears throat> so we from there, we cut to Rosario following the van. And then you cut to a shot of smoggy L.A. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, this is great. And from there, you cut to a, like, uh, workout video. This weird, like, kind of kind of hot workout video <laughs> where it's, like, talking about hot girls and it's, like, shots of butts. Uh, butts but, of butts. girls working Just out. Just butts, Just guys. Butts. It's all butts. Just- it's a... It dare I say it is magical. I want whatever that is. <laughs> I know, I'm like, is this a real thing? You're like, this actually be, could be a real thing because if it is, I kind of want it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So from there, you realize this is Jimmy's place because Jimmy's in a hot tub with two totally naked '80s chicks. Oh my and god! They, oh boy, dude. So the girl on uh, his left, but screen Ooh. screen right, uh, she is this. Her hair is so bleached blonde that it's like almost white, but she also yeah. bleached her fucking eyebrows. And I think, I think earlier you said it's disturbing, and it is because especially her hair, like not just her eyebrows being bleached blonde, but her hair itself, it goes out as far as her shoulders. So it, it that's yes. how big it is. It's like you said, disturbing. It's so disturbing. It is. This is like 80s at its worst. Yeah. If, no offense to the the two um, actresses in this scene because I'm just like, hoofa doofa. This is, I, I feel bad for, for them. I mean, I can only assume they're probably porn actors because we do see full frontal in a second. So, yeah, we do. And, and suddenly uh, they're all in a hot tub chilling. And Jimmy, who's actually wearing swim trunks later, you find out. Oh, yeah. With underwear under them. Did you notice that? Cause yes, yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> yes, of course. I really wanted that. to make sure he wasn't <laughs> popping wood. Um, and the, the jets go out in the, uh, in, the, in the hot tub. Jimmy says, you know, what the hell? And then Ruger's standing over, over them in the entrance to their hot tub room. And which must sell, smell disgusting, by the way. And um, and, and by the way, I think sig- this was more of a a spa. I don't think it's his place because there's a a phone next to her that kind of has instructions on how to dial out. So oh, so good, I took good, this good, as um good spot. I took this as like some kind of like very much like uh, Ninja Three: The Domination uh, that spa scene. Yes. I took this as kind of being a similar spa sort of thing. Yes, totally. It actually looks like they use the exact same spa. Yeah. So, there you go. And yeah, so uh, she, I love this because Ruger like gives a nod to the two 80s chicks to get, get the hell out. They get out of the hot tub and all their full frontalness yep. and they split. And then Jimmy's <laughs> 80s, like. 80s runway and all. Yes, for sure. But it's like 
nasty. Of course. Uh, and, and Jimmy, Jimmy's like, well, Ruger, good to see you again. And then Ruger says, simply just says, Kavanaugh. And then Jimmy goes, oh, yeah, Kavanaugh. He lives around here. Yeah, he lives around here someplace. <laughs> 121 Maxwell, yeah. And then Ruger walks over, and uh, as 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 Ruger walks up to him, Jimmy pulls a gun, and then tells uh, Ruger to drop her gun. And he's like, "Before I drill you full of holes, I wanted to remind you of something. When Kavanaugh wasted your partner, you were supposed to read me my rights." <laughs> and he's laughing like he's got he's he got one up on her. So she had her gun kind of down. That's when he pulls his gun on her and she has to drop her gun. And then he gives the whole speech about you're supposed to read my, my rights. Ha ha ha. Well, <laughs> let's not forget the TV, the TV uh, that they're watching the, the amazing workout video on was sitting right next to the hot tub. What does Kavanaugh do? She just pushes it into the tub and electrocutes the shit out of Jimmy. Dead. Speedo and tidy whities in all. But I love this scene, dude. I love how how you think he's he's got her dead to rights and everything and she's just like, "Yeah, fuck you." And then just like shoves the the TV in. <laughs> it's very kind of nonchalant. She's like, "I'm done with this conversation. You're dead now." And yes. uh, by the way, I did look up uh, 121 Maxwell Street in Los Angeles. Uh, that's over in between Los Feliz and Atwater Village, which is obviously also very close to Griffith Observatory. So, yeah, I guess that's where it's at. This whole movie is like all filmed in the same area. I love it. Yeah, pretty, yeah, it. pretty much. Pretty much. Um, that's great. So so from there, we cut back to Gothic Imports. Here we go. The finale. Yeah, this is yeah, finale time. Ruger is trying to sneak into the import place. She, sees, she touches the fence with her gun, and it's electrified. Um, and she goes around like there's this uh, the, the music is very like Terminator esque kind of like dun dun, dun yeah dun. which is funny about this so she goes over to the fence it's electrified and then there's like a pause in the music and then she starts walking to the other side of the warehouse and the music goes dun 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 <laughs> like picks back up like <laughs> okay we'll try this again take two <laughs> and she finds a telephone pole which most telephone poles you, you, the, the 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 steps the ladders to go up them are not so low but she's able to climb up the telephone pole climbs and, and, it, and at least it is the, Sybil Danning and they, it actually is Sybil Danning which is cool she's doing yeah she does all her own stunts at least it seems that way anyways yeah. for the most part um and she yeah she climbs up the pole hops over the 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 fence and at the same time a van is pulling into the import in, into the garage cuts into the inside of the garage and uh kavanaugh's there greeting his his new guest quote unquote and he says end of the line kids and and uh Mar- martin says end of the line kids and hustles kelly out and then kavanaugh sees kelly and he goes mrs rhodes may i call you kelly and he kisses her and he's like it's a pleasure and she's like where's mike where's my husband I did take a note, though. Um, I said this is a uh, uh, Martin's goons are a better collection than before. Yeah. Oh, totally. This is a much better <laughs> collection of goons. And Kavanaugh's like, oh, Mike's here. And Kelly goes, I want to see my husband. And this is when Martin goes, why don't you just chill out? <laughs> <laughs> and Kavanaugh goes, Martin, she's a lady. Why don't you treat her like a lady? And he pulls Kelly away. 
And then <laughs> this is funny. So they pull Kelly away and Kavanaugh's standing there. And then there's this random thug standing next to Kavanaugh who, like, doesn't know what to do. He's just standing there. And then Kavanaugh goes, well, and, like, looks at him like, well. And it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like Caddyshack when he's like, well, we're waiting. But, like, he does do the look. He looks at the guy. He's like, well. And the guy's just like, oh, okay. And, like, leaves, you know. It's so great. It's so great. And they walk off. And then you cut to uh, Ruger trying to get in. Again, to the Gothic imports. Mm-hmm. Then you come back to Kavanaugh, and he's tied up Kelly to a chair. Same same chair, I guess, Rand was in, you know. Same chair Rand was in, and he's got the camcorder set up. And Kelly's like, I've kept my part of the bargain. I brought the money. And then suddenly, looking like Joey Buttafuoco, with his Mike sw- walks out. With his sweet Adidas gear. Sweet Adidas gear and his tank top under, wife beater tank top underneath. And he's like, what the hell is going on here? What is my wife doing here? Yeah. Now, so now you, you realize that he's a part of this whole thing, which when you go back and rewatch it, again, like I said earlier, uh, the omelet thing, when he kind of tells Martin, oh, make him an omelet, get him some aspirin or something like that. You're like, oh, actually, so he probably was saying that to, for him to really do it because they're partners and he's not actually kidnapping him. And uh, the the video that they sent to the cops for the mayor to see when he hits him with the butt of the gun, it's like kind of a slow hit. It, it doesn't look fake. very real. Yeah. It looks very fake. And now you realize why that was all intentional. And and why uh, Rosario was watching it again and kind of looking at it. It's this movie has the it, this movie has goes from the weirdest like potholes to being so weirdly consistently like like knowing what it's doing to not knowing what it's doing it's really wild oh i love this i love this so yeah so you see mike and he's and you realize that he was in on this all along and who's he got next to him but that girl model the hot model that kavanaugh was painting earlier yeah and he's like what is my wife doing here right and i love this because right after he says that kavanaugh goes Panic. I love it because he's filming the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the model's like, what's what's going on? And then again, Mike's like, what what's she doing here? And uh, and Kavanaugh goes, showbiz, Mike. We're making a little film. <laughs> and then Kelly goes, Mike, you know this man? And Kavanaugh goes, old buddies. Tell her, Mike. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Suddenly the, the model splits. And then Kavanaugh says, you see... This is all really Mike's idea. He was behind in the polls. What better boost for a law and order man's election day chances than to become a crime victim himself? And Kelly's like super shocked. And Mike's like, Kelly, you, you got to believe me. You, you were never supposed to be involved. And she's like, never supposed to be involved. I was worried sick of you, bastard. <laughs> I was dragged all over the city. And then K- Kavanaugh's like, this is all exciting filming. Ha! <laughs> and then Kavanaugh's like, you think flowers would help, Mike? And and then Mike goes, oh, all right, enough is enough. Untie her. And then Kavanaugh goes, no can do. If she can get a half a million dollars for you, for a bum like you, just imagine what her folks are willing to put up for her. Brilliant, huh? So now we know that she, well, I mean, we already knew she was rich, but we know now when Rosario said we're going to, uh, what did he say, get the money? But there's another word. Raise the money. Raise the money. It, it was from her parents, essentially. Yeah. Yep. And right at that, at this same point, 
so I already said it earlier, but I'm just pointing out the, 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 the model, uh, they kind of shoo her off. She's gone yet again. They just dismiss her, yeah, which is kind of funny. And that's it. We don't see her, like, there's no resolution to her at all. Nope. She's just a model, probably coked out, and uh, or dr- dr- somehow drugged out. Sure. And at the same time, they cut to the outside of Gothic, and Rosario's pulling up, and... He, He's looking pretty damn good for a guy who practically got his arm shot off. Yeah, uh, and, and, he, and drove from Malibu all the way to At, you know Atwater Village or whatever, uh, <laughs> losing blood and everything. But then my biggest question was, how did he find out where they were? But is it did it is it really as simple as he just tracked them there, like followed them the entire way? They didn't notice his car following them all the way from you know Simi Valley or wherever the fuck they were. Nope. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, right. so so it's either he's a fantastic detective or they are morons for not checking their rearview mirror. I'm gonna say a little bit of both. Okay, all right, I'll take. I'll you know what? I'll accept that. I'll, because at this point we've spackled almost every plot hole that there is, and this was the last big one. But I, you know what? I will fully accept that he did his detective work and just kind of trailed them well. He did it well. So, uh, fun fact. Uh, when I ran out of spackle at certain apartments I'd stay in, I used toothpaste to fill up the holes. I so have, I, I've, I've heard that that works. Yes. I've, I've heard that that works. And, and again, all, all you're trying to do is get the deposit back. So who cares? <laughs> I'm going to say we got our deposit back on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love this because there's a payphone across the street from Gothic and Rosario goes to the payphone to, you know, m- presumably get called yeah. uh, the police. And I like that. I, like that was, that's logical. That's, that's fucking awesome. Uh, doesn't yeah. work. Pay, payphone's it, dead, by the way. So payphone's dead. And he mumbles something in Spanish, which I think is really funny, well, which I love. It's clearly Spanish, but the subtitles in the Blu-ray says speaking foreign language. And I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> you speaking Spanish. You know it. And I know it. I love that. <laughs> And then you cut back to Kavanaugh, who opens up a switchblade, which is so great. It, there's a GIF of it online. If you just go switchblade GIF, Wingshauser, so good. Yeah. Um, and and he goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then he's like sing, kind of sing-songing. He's like, don't move. And and uh, Kelly's looking super frozen with fear. And, and, uh, and Kavanaugh's like, you know, he's looking over at – Martin and everybody's there and he's like she was a model models are very picky picky about their faces and that's when Mike Rhodes is like back away from her Kavanaugh and suddenly Mike picks up a gun and he's pointing the gun at Kavanaugh and Martin's got a gun too and he's like put it down Martin put the gun down and then Kavanaugh's frozen and he's like you know what Mike you're really getting on my nerves is it weird that I like the fact that Mike knew Martin's name? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I like that that he knows his, he called him by his name. They're Bodie. They're they're buddies, you know, they're buddies. <laughs> and and Rose is like, you know, do it, let her go, basically. And Kavanaugh's like, okay, okay. He backs away from from Kelly, and he's like, all right, now what? And Rhodes goes, Mike, Mike goes, untire. And Kavanaugh goes, nope, don't think so. <laughs> uh, don't think so, Mikey. <laughs> and then he walks over to him and then as he's walking over towards Mike, Mike backs away from him, knocking over Kavanaugh's painting, which had a, uh, you know, cover on it. Yeah. Like a, those, like so sheet, the whole time had like this one of those painter sheets like on top of it, which has now fully been revealed. <laughs> and it is. Go ahead. 
It's death. He painted. It's the, the the model girl is nowhere there. It is a picture of death with bloody hands. Death's kind of in the same pose as she is, but it's not like a one to one. And fucking Mike looks at it and he goes, Jesus. <laughs> his look on his face is priceless. And Jesus. And it's the exact same expression that I had when I saw it. I was like, oh my Me God. Too. <laughs> Me too. That's horrifying. It, it, it's horrifying. The Grim Reaper has like bloody fingers. <laughs> yeah. It's so disturbing looking. And it's like a weird artist. Rent. It's a really weird painting. And it's 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 a cocaine fueled painting, is what yes. it is. Oh, yeah, for I'll sure. I'll try to I'll try to find a picture online. If not, I will just literally pause the the movie and take a picture and, and post it on Instagram because you guys got to see it because it is wild. And I was like, and oh my god, no! It's and so then, great. And then Kavanaugh's like screaming, "This was between me and God," you know? Well, yeah, because <laughs> he he at this point, Mike is like totally freaked out, and Kavanaugh grabs him takes the switchblade that he had and jams it in his belly and twists it and turns it. And it's super gross. And I just wrote, this is great. And, uh, yeah, I, did. I love it. And, and then, yeah, he's like, Mike, this was between God and me, God and me. <laughs> and then he drops Mike to the ground and Mike's dead. Oh, what a good payoff for the whole painting thing. And I never, I never thought this was going to be something that was going to get paid off later in the movie of him, you know, not seeing the painting or whatever. I kind of didn't even really pay attention. And then, you know, realizing what it is, I was like, this is such a fantastic setup and then payoff. It's so great. It's so great. And and what's kind of funny after this is like Kelly's not super upset. She's like, Mike, Mike. Oh, my God. Mike. What are you going to do? And like, then she realizes, I think finally she realizes he's dead and she starts to, to, to panic. And Kavanaugh's like, shut up. And he puts, and he puts the knife right up to her face. And right after he does that, the door busts open at the top of the warehouse and Ruger is standing in the shadows. Just like the cover of the, of the poster or the yes. VHS, whatever, the Blu-ray. With, with the light behind her and like a little bit of fog. It's really cool. It's really fucking cool. It is really cool. cool. Kavanaugh goes for a gun and then shoots and he's like, go ahead, Ruger, try your luck. Maybe you'll hit, maybe you'll hit the bitch. And he shoots at her and he runs off. And then Martin starts shooting at Ruger with his machine gun. And Ruger runs down like the hallway that she, she's at the, like the top of the entrance of this warehouse. There's like two levels and she's running down the hallway of the warehouse she shoots she shoots on the second level, yeah, and, and Martin's like shooting at her and then she shoots some random goon guy, you know, like yeah. sort of off the and it, I kinda got a little bit of shades of tough turf, how they were fighting like a little bit on that the second like it's like a two story warehouse type of thing, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. This is this is great because uh she takes out that guy and Ruger's like shooting his gun kind of happily in the air and he's going doo doo ba ba cha it's <laughs> great yeah yeah and then ruger runs down and rescues uh kelly like unties her now now hold on you say ruger runs down ruger takes a zip line down from the the second story i was like Sorry. oh come on i buried the lead on that <laughs> one did, he, yeah you did. ruger jumps on a zip line a random zip line that just happens to be up there and martin shoots the zip line and she falls down but she's able to recover and get up and run towards kelly and rescue kelly like untie her to hide her 
at the same time, Rosario busts in the in the warehouse too. Yeah. So now we got, and he's looking pretty damn good with that giant hole in his arm. <laughs> Ruger hides Kelly behind like underneath stairs and tells her to stay down. Ruger continues to take out one guy after another, and then she's shooting at Martin, and Martin's shooting at her. And what I like about this is they're starting to reload. Oh yeah. There's some lot of reloading, and we talked about in Hard Target how refreshing that was in an 80s movie to see reloading when all the gunplay that's going on, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool shot of Sybil Danning reloading her pistol and everything. Yeah, yep. I noticed that too, again, because we literally last week just recorded our Hard Target thing, and uh, and it's nice to see because... You know, I do think that in the 80s, we didn't get it as much as we did in 93 with with Hard Target, but it was cool to see here. They kind of at least put it in there once, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. So Rosario kills one dude, and then he gets shot by some, like, random guy, which is kind of funny, and he goes down hard and fast, and you think he's dead. He looks like he—I mean, but— I thought that's what happened. I thought he'd be dead after he got shot in the arm. Yeah, I know. Me uh, me too. And this time he takes a fucking like M16 shot to the gut. Whereas fucking gut. Mike Mike couldn't even take a fucking switchblade to the gut. He Rosario takes an M16 to the gut. Yeah, Mike is a little butafuco biatch. Yeah. So uh so what's ha- what's funny about this scene is after this random guy shoots Rosario, who is dri- uh, Ruger driving a forklift and drives the forklift into the guy who shot Ruger? Yeah, he's and like, that guy's dead. you know, into a wall. Like, it's a, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, destroys the guy and the wall. Uh, now Martin is still shooting at Ruger. And he's, like, screaming at her. He's like, come on out. Come on out, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I so, got you now. So this is the one time, Mar- like, he's walking forward. He's, like, firing. He's saying all this shit. And, you know, Ruger's, like, sort of hiding for cover. Uh, and he's like, ah. He's, like, saying all this shit. And then, he, like, when he gets towards the end, he's, like, he just, like, he's firing. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's wild, dude. It's fucking wild. What- What's wild about it is like he's just shooting aimlessly. Mm-hmm. There's so much aimless shooting at this in this sequence where he's he's wasting so many bullets. Wastes and you know what clip. happens? He uses his whole clip up. He he runs out of bullets. He runs out of bullets. And then and then I gotta do this one, bro. Please. Sybil yeah, Danning, she throws a grenade. It lands right at his feet. He again, Martin does this like ah scream thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of tries to jump out of the way, but it, it 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 blows up. And this dude, I rewound this multiple times. So the camera is on like this, like sort of uh, another part of the the warehouse, a little bit higher up. The explosion sends Martin through the air. And it's the actor. It is Martin because he does stunt work. He lands and then kind of does this roll. But, dude, how he landed at the very end with he like he's right on his mark at the end with his face right at the camera, perfectly in focus and everything. I'm like, this stunt was incredible. Yeah, it was so great. well done. And it's just it's in and out and, and it's over with. But I, I mean, I was like, I, first time I was watching, I was like, that was a good stunt. And I was like, no. That was actually better than it should have fucking been. So I was like, let me watch that again. I was like, is that the actor? I was like, yeah, it's the same actor. And he fucking, he, he goes through the air, he lands, he rolls, and then he lands like exactly where he's supposed to be with the camera shot. It's unbelievably well blocked out and executed in a yeah. uber low budget action film. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's amazing. 
This sequence is comparable to the finale of Hard Target. Dude, it really is. It's It's got very much flavors of that. And even though the budget was bigger in Hard Target, this, I think, is just as fun. I think this is one of the fun, the most fun finales I've seen in in a lot of action movies, because right after that happens, you cut to Kavanaugh, like adjusting camera equipment or some sort of like weird, like, um, you know, uh, like AV equipment, basically. And and he's like mumbling to himself. He's like, life is a game, game of death, life and death, life and death, life and death, life, life is death, life is death. Yeah, I like that. I love that. How he kind of got to that at the end. Yeah, and he and he turns on all of this random shit, and Ruger's continuing pursuit, looking for him throughout the warehouse. And spotlights turn on in front of her, and she shoots the spotlights down. Kavanaugh shooting a bunch of times in the air aimlessly, runs off, uh, runs over to a box of smoke grenades, and throws a smoke grenade everywhere. Then he turns on another like a strobe light, which actually kind of like made me a little disoriented when I watched it. For half a second, bro, if that scene, if that shot went on a a second longer, I would have thrown up. Yeah, dude, it literally almost gave me a fucking epileptic seizure. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, ditto. So because and what's interesting is as soon as it turned on, it turned off. It's like they're like, oh, shit, no, no, this is too powerful. Turn it off. Yeah, because suddenly it's just off. Right. Yeah, no, it's only on for half a second because you can't you can't fucking like do it any more than that. Yep. And then so Ruger continues to kind of stalk the same shot of her, like walking around stalking uh, Kavanaugh. And then a large, after the strobe light goes out, a large giant polar bear comes out and Ruger looks at the polar bear in a slow motion, shocked face. Yeah, I know. Really hilarious because the music like stops for that moment when she's like looking all panicked. And then the drums kick back in like this. Dun, 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 dun. And then uh, Ruger continues stalking after there was no kind of uh, end game after that. And Kavanaugh starts winding up these like little bird, uh, these like au- like automatic birds that are actually bird bombs because yeah. he's throwing them at her. And there's like these big explosions. Yeah. And then did you see he does like a little jig when he runs away? He, he does, does a jig. And then the music that start, starts playing is like, like old timey, like Confederate music. It's really weird, but I, I love it. And I love his little jump kick leg jig thing that he's doing. It's so great. And then he's reloading his guns and she's reloading her guns. And then the music, the the Confederate music stops and they're shooting at each other. And then suddenly, out of like nowhere, Kavanaugh has Kelly. It's a little bit of a plot point. Well, she, you did see her when um, when the explosions were happening, the, the bird explosions. She did get like out of her hiding place. But yeah, it, it's that's all you saw. You saw her get out of her hiding place. Then all of a sudden, you know, he, he grabs her. Yes. Yeah. He grabs her. He's holding her. Uh, he's got a gun on her and Ruger's got a gun on him. And Kavanaugh's like, how's your aim, Ruger? And he and he fires uh, at her. Yeah. He and, sh- he goes, and I love the fact that he shoots at her like twice and she doesn't even move. That's yeah. fucking hardcore, dude. And he's trying to be cool, too, because he's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, honey, you lost your nerve because like, he wants her to shoot. So she kills Kelly, right? And then he's laughing, and he goes, you're going down just like your scumbag partner. And then suddenly, Ruger 
uh, shoots Kavanaugh and hits him in the leg, blows like blows his kneecap off, yeah. a la Vice Squad. Yeah, you know, and he falls down to the ground, and there's a weird angle on Ruger, kind of like looking up on her, and Kavanaugh's like at this point kind of panicking, and. Uh, Ruger like starting to walk away from him and Kavanaugh's like, you know, don't you turn your back on me, Ruger? Well, actually he, he put another, sh- she put another uh, shot into him. She, Oh yeah. She, she shoots him, him the, in the chest and then she shoots like sort of, yeah. In the, in the lung Shoulder. or something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually probably would be worse than it is, but yeah, it, it, it looked pretty bad. Yeah. She put, she puts like two slugs in him and then he's like kind of talking back to her. He's like three to five. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll get Ruger. And your partner got eternity. <laughs> I was like, really? He's only got three to five? Good Lord. For kidnap and uh, a murder. He's, and... he's getting 18 to life. Yeah. Right. He's like, your fucking partner got eternity. Right. And he goes, three years and I'm out on good behavior. And you lose again, honey. You lose again. And she just blasts him. Well, he does try to pull out a gun. He, you can see him. He tries to pull out the gun quickly, and then she shoots him. So, of yeah. course, it's of course justified. She, she can't. You can't kill him in cold blood because she's the hero. Yeah. But it, it is quick. Like you almost don't see him pull the gun out. You know? Yeah. He, he, she's like waiting for him to pull it out, and then yeah, he start, he starts to pull his gun out to do it, and that's when she just hits him one more time with her gun, and he's dead. Yep. After that, you cut to Kelly with now Rosario looking pretty good on the ground. I mean, he's, he's smiling. He's, he's smiling. He's like, hey, I got Kelly. She's she's mine. She's my little, you know, she's my little Chiquita for <laughs> life. And they smile and they look at Ruger and they smile and they nod at each other. Uh, Rosario nods at uh, Ruger and Ruger kind of nods off, nods back. And Ruger walks off. Ruger walks out of the import, Gothic Imports. With a bunch of cops pulling in. No one stopping her at all. No one's stopping her. And there's like three or four cop cars blazing in. And Ruger walks like closer and closer to the camera. And then end credits. End scene. The end. That was L.A. Bounty. A smooth, exciting Hour and 25 minutes. Woohoo! So good. It ends, and you're like, yeah, that's as long as it needed to be. Yeah. And I'm pretty damn satisfied. I am very satisfied at the end of this film. I did not feel like I was wanting more. I did not feel like I missed out on anything. Uh, We did mention, you know, the pothole stuff, although I think this was one of the few times where I think we really talked out some stuff that I didn't quite couldn't quite put my finger on and it actually made the movie tighter and I didn't need to because I already had a good enough time as it is but remarkably the movie's a lot tighter than I thought it was going to be um and it was also a lot better than I thought it was going to be again me too. it was I know it was a bit I know this was sort of like a bit of me wanting to see you know LA Bounty and everything and I I appreciate that that Zach fully went into the bit and we you know we took it to its conclusion but here we are, and, and we have this episode now under our belts, and now I can totally say that, like, fucking L.A. Bounty's a fucking awesome movie. And if, you know, if you anyone, like, is looking through my pad collection of, of films that we review, I would happily show this to anybody. I'd be like, sit down, let's, wa- let's have some good, this is a good 
time. Like a lot of times, you know, and, and we, we obviously dissect this as much as we can, but at the end of the day, sometimes these movies, you just want them to be fun and like take your mind off of things. And this is an action movie. It's a fun action movie. It's escapism. Uh, it, it, you know, it's violent, it's action packed, but it, the cool thing is, is that it's a, it's a female protagonist. Uh, it's a female action star way, way before you know, like, yes, we always had the Cynthia Rothrocks and everything, but correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of times, you know, the, the studios would team her up with somebody else, a male, you know, a co-star. Richard Norton. Richard yeah. Norton, you know, your buddy. And and it's like a lot of times that would happen here. Dude, how cool is it that we see her just being by herself as a solo, ass-kicking female action star? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, um, Rosario is... He, he's important for Kelly's development, but it's really Ruger's story, Ruger's quest in, uh, you know, you've got, you've got kind of two or three major plots going on in one movie. Uh, and, and, and they all come to a conclusion at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, is this, is this a movie that is like perfect and by no, no means is no, it perfect no by no means it is a b movie to the ultimate b movie yes but 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 it is such a fun um surprise where you go well, i did not expect that to be as good as it actually was it's like it's really damn good it's it to me you know silliness aside i, I would and that's actually what gives it its charm i yeah. would easily yeah. watch this movie again and i'm glad i own it yeah dude yeah and and it is a b movie you said that and it's a hundred percent a b movie and i think it knows that it's a b movie but it's it's the the highest level of b that you can possibly be you know and i also like the fact that kelly was not like a, a weak you know hostage type of person she didn't kick much ass but she also wasn't always scared she was also like ready to do the thing that she needs to do and everything yeah. and she never was like oh like crying she was never annoying and that was really fucking cool like i did not expect her character to be a character that i actually liked because a lot of times in these movies the hostage is more of like the MacGuffin. you know you don't really yeah. care about the the hostage but she was a character that kind of came into her own right and damn dude like i i would almost like i would love to see a sequel to this like a current day sequel where where sybil danning uh where uh rutger and uh ruger and uh kelly are like running a bounty hunter agency you know or something like that and in in, like real time and or something i don't know man like these characters were cool i I think that's the, the point i'm trying to make is these characters were neat and i wish we had more of them and it felt like this you could keep going with with Ruger's character. You could keep going with this. Like she could be a bounty hunter. This could be a, this could have been a TV show. This could have been a series or something, man. Like this was fucking rad, dude. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. Obviously, I chose it for it being yet another Wingshauser movie and we've so far what we've done 3. We've done, uh, we've done we started with Mutant. Uh, then we did uh, Vice Squad and now we've done uh, uh, LA Bounty. So we have he was a good guy in Mutant, and we've seen him as a bad guy twice. Yep, yep. And uh, we'll see what – there are more Wings movies to come. Whether he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy remains to be seen. But And, and don't forget what sort of also kind of kicked all this off was – remember he had that um, cameo in 
oh, 315. That's Moment right. Moment of truth. Cause That's it, right. Because um, the mom, remember the mom was his, is his wife. Or yes. is it still his wife or was it his wife back then? My Deborah, Deborah Foreman's uh, uh, dad was Wingshauser. In, in in moment of truth, right? That's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that but the, but the, her mom, uh, the his Wingshauser's wife, is or was back then in the eighties his wife in real life. That's yeah. why he was I, in it. But I don't know if they're still married. I don't know. Uh, again, I have to do a little bit of wings digging. But, yeah, I uh, feel like at the end of all this, I think you and I need to have a special like wings centric wrap like you said wrap up after dark we're gonna have once we're done with all of our wing stuff we're gonna have one of our wrap up wrap up after darks being a really a wings hauser centric one and i think let's you and i try to do some yeah some research and see get some ideas of how you know his life and stuff like that and see what we can kind of bring to the table with that yeah there there are two more possibly three more wings movies coming so there do, you go do you not know how many there are well no because i was like do i need to get do i do this other one uh, uh, we'll see we'll see i know I might, I might keep it at five i know right now i have physically i know i have two because you made me draw wings on them so i know i have two more in my in my pocket right here <laughs> yeah you have two more you might get a third by you know by what the end of this year bro we'll at, at this point man uh, i'm not complaining um i i'm loving everything that i'm seeing from wings um i i know that like this is a tribute thing that you're doing but you're doing it in the best possible way because you're you're informing me like i am yeah. i am your i'm the i'm the voice of the <laughs> of the audience you know because i don't know wings as well as you do and i am very much enjoying this retrospective um i am very much enjoying becoming more acquainted with wings house or a name that i've always known but never quite you know I, you know what's funny i think i always probably first thing i know him from is 90210 because he was like uh luke perry's dad's friend on 90210 and he was like he did a, oh, yeah. a little stint on that like he was kind of shady because remember like like luke perry Perry's character dylan was sometimes shady sometimes wasn't yeah but um i'm glad that i have this knowledge of of these movies and everything under my belt for wings because this is this is the proper wings knowledge right here oh hell yeah this is such a great way to kind of celebrate this guy's career uh and and, and recognize a, a forgotten actor and bring him back into um the, the limelight, so to speak, the spotlight. That's right. And uh, what what a, what another yet another fun, uh, uh, over the top role in a good way. And yeah, I, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed this. I did too. Um, you know, th- this was a uh, yet another uh, de evolution in uh, into my psyche. Uh, I I mean, you know, the '80s and CDLA uh, run through me yeah. like, uh, you know. Like neon slime. Like neon slime. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And it, and it was actually interesting because even though you brought this one to the table, uh, it's not something you were terribly uh, familiar with. And there's actually going to no. be, or it's more of like a more of a modern thing that you watched. And uh, I have some movies that, that we're going to, you know, you have waiting in your wings, uh, movies that are old, but I just recently discovered them. So it's like a, it's kind of an interesting thing, but you, you did it here too as well. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Because, uh, you know, as we know, like Zach is the 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 heart and soul, the knowledgeable heart and soul of podcasting <laughs> after dark. So it's it's nice to actually have a movie that's also fresh for you too, a fresh ex- uh, viewing experience as well. 
Well, I, I just I just look forward to the day when we all can go back to the movie theaters and like a place like New Beverly Cinema does a Wings tribute. Yeah. Um, you know, but but until then, we have our show to obviously cherish and bring up uh, forgotten or or never heard of uh, classics. So, yeah, I'm going to keep. There's a lot more 80s and a lot more underground shit coming my way on my end. So Good. I can't wait to see what you got. And I know you're going to appreciate what I got. Oh, buddy. There's no doubt, my man. I always do. And uh, I always appreciate what you got. I appreciate you, Dara Lefe. What you got going on over there? Oh, nice segue. Bro, I'm like the king of segues, by the way. Yeah, you are. Well, <laughs> over at $2, uh, you know, we had on our Patreon for Podcasting After Dark, we had Jezu Garcia, mm-hmm. very deep, informative, spiritual conversation with Jezu. Uh, Jezu did a entirely different interview on $2 Late Fee that uh, by the time this is airing, we will have launched that episode. Jezu talked about Wildcats, personal favorite of Corey's and mine. Football. Gotcha. What? Football. Uh, gotcha. The Anthony Edwards action classic and a lot more. I mean, he, he tells some really crazy stories about growing up in the 80s, why he changed his name from Nick Corey to back to Jezu or Jesus Garcia. Uh, we've got that interview. We actually just launched our Patreon as well, $2 late fee Patreon. Consider checking that out. I know Robert Ortiz, our, uh, one of our good Patreon buddies, also subscribed to the $2 Patreon. Good old it's Robert. totally different. Pad and pa- and Pad and two dollar are are real nice companion pieces to each other, in my opinion. No, yeah, because no, the- dude, it's it they're, they're like the two sides of a coin, you know. And you and I have discussed offline. Um, we have a very very busy summer in front of us, but once the summer's over, with kind of like August ish back into September, we want to try to do a bit more synchronicity between uh, uh, two dollar and Pad. Um, I mean, I love dustin i'm friends with dustin but like we've never recorded an episode together so it's like okay it's time for us to like actually bring these two your two wives your two podcasting wives together (laughs) yeah yeah it it is a polygamous relationship and uh i i hope that you listening all you amazing pad friends will consider checking out just check out uh two dollar late fees patreon page and uh, we've got Tales from the Video Store, which is a fun uh, <laughs> trip down memory memory lane from the days when we worked at video stores. Uh, what does Dustin know? It's a trivia cont- uh, trivia game that we do uh, with hilarious results. And uh, we ask celebrity questions that are exclusive to Patreon with really interesting answers and a whole lot more. So consider checking out $2 late fee on Patreon. Yeah, but dude. you know what else you should check out if you haven't already checked it out? Is Cut Right! Cut Right! And by the way, uh, James Hong just got a star, or he's getting a star, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I bring that up because Much on deserved. Seinfeld, he was the maitre d' that says Cartwright. And uh, and obviously, we all love him from Big Trouble in Little China. He's Lopan. And, uh, 92 dude, years old. Dude, bro. It's like, and he's got like some of the, mo- he's like, I think he's like one of the most credited actors like ever and it's yeah, it's sad 
that it took this long for him to get a a you know star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, but anyways, glad he did though. Me too. I am too. Um, but anyways, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Adam and I. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, we are wrapping up season six. We will be going into season seven very soon, and uh, we're having a blast. Seinfeld is life, guys. We love Seinfeld. Uh, and over on the Cartwright Patreon, we are also uh, diving into Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. So, uh, guys and gals. You know, content creation is a hell of a thing. Um, I know that I work about 50 hours a week doing all of this between the two shows and everything. Uh, Zach puts in about the same amount of time while being a full-time dad, while also teaching, uh, you know, at at a summer camp, uh, while also uh, being a full-time husband, and while also uh, (laughs) doing a million other things. So, the point is, is that we love this stuff and we keep doing it, but we do need a bit of a compensation for not just time, server costs, you know, every, all yeah. the actual physical costs that go into these things. So, and I kind of say this just to let you guys know that, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they're all going to start moving to subscription services. So I would expect, and you should probably expect to kind of like have to start paying for, uh, podcast content the same way as you pay for TV content is any other way yeah. you know out there. So, um, yeah, guys and gals, everyone, all these shows, because we put a lot of hard work into them, they're all becoming like they're premium shows. We have a bunch of Patreon stuff going on. So we hope that you do check it out. I say that because I know we get feet, you know, pushback when people are like, oh, but you're an artist. You should just be doing this for fun. I have the same bills to pay as you do. We all do. Yeah. Like I, I'm tired of being an artist, having to justify why I need to make money to survive in this world. We all live in a late stage capitalistic society. I think we all understand. So we hope that if you appreciate what we're doing, like our pals over, you know, like our patrons already do, you know, support us. We hope that you, you know, slide something our way, give us some love, you know, help us keep the lights on, help us keep this this show going. Uh, $2 Lafey, Cartwright, uh, you know, Blast from Our Past, uh, Talking Back doesn't have one, uh, Action Action does. Uh, most of the podcasts in our network all have Patreon pages, and, you know, we might be heading towards a premium-only format at some point, so just... It's the way of the world, you know? That's the way the world is going at this point. Yeah, but in the meantime, we're going to continue to give you awesome content and give you something worth paying a little bit of scratch for. So That's right. Thank you for those of you that have already done that, and if you haven't already, please consider it because uh, we're going to make it worth your while. I think so. I think so. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark.